later in tonight's show. I'm happy to say that um, you know, we've been approached by, by Nico first at the beginning and uh, that he wanted to do uh, uh, his move uh, and he's exploring uh, his options. Uh, and as Danny mentioned, if there is a great names and uh, a players who's legends in the game, why not if there is an opportunity that have the long-term uh, project? Best esports odds. VIP program and a variety of bonuses. Fast and easy withdrawals. Bet on every possible CSGO matching tournament. As well as any other esports game. Only on 22Bet. Are you tired of your boring old skins and looking for beautiful new ones? Tradeit.gg is your place to go for easy and secure trades within seconds. Simply pick and choose whatever item you want to trade from Tradeit's huge inventory. Verify the trade on Steam and you're ready. With the lowest fees in the market and a beautiful, easy to use UI, Tradeit also offers you the option to instantly sell your items for cash. We accept a wide variety of payment methods. Tradeit.gg is the go-to place whenever you want to try out fancy new skins. Start trading today at Tradeit.gg. And welcome to HLTV Confirmed, another week, another episode, another time of uh, me hosting the show. Um, before I introduce uh, my, my guest, very interesting guest tonight for the, for the evening, just a quick shout out to the sponsors, 22-Bit Steel Series and Traded GG. Thank you very much for, for making this possible and helping us provide some interesting content, which I think uh, tonight's episode will be. Um, so yeah, we have Striker here as always. How are you feeling, Striker? Yeah, good. Another another week without Chad. It's like the yeah. third one in like the last four or something. He he left us. He's Australian now. He's back to Australia. His accent is coming back. It's uh it's all happening. But uh but the stars of the show. Uh we have Zonic here for the for the first time after a long time of trying to get you on. Uh Zonic, how are you feeling? I feel good. Thank you for having me. Nice. Uh yeah, new team, obviously. We're gonna get into all of that. Um and we also have the CEO of your new team, um, CEO of Falcons. Can you uh, introduce yourself to the to the audience and uh, yes, tell us how you're feeling? Hi everyone, my name is Musaad Adosiri. I'm the founder and the current CEO of, uh, of Team Falcons. And thanks for having me, pleasure. Nice. I will I'll refer to you as Musaad. I think that's uh, <laughs> we we rearranged this before the show. <laughs> uh, and yeah, we, we have a lot of things to discuss. Let's just roll the hot seat bumper. Get right into it. Great countdown, as always, here from Lucas. Uh, I think uh, we were talking about how to approach this. I think the best way to go is kind of chronologically and start with, obviously, with Sonic, uh, there's 20 years of Counter-Strike where we could start. And I was talking to Striker, I was like, let's start start at the beginning. And he's like, where do you well, want to start? How far, do you want how to go? Back do you want to start? And we had that uh, thread from, not thread, just a huge post from Trace uh, earlier today coming with like lining out some of the cool stuff. But I think we can leave that 
for, for another time. And I've, there's your book out there also for people that want to get some of that, uh, I guess, as well. But I think where we should start is kind of the end of, end of your time in Vitality, which happened earlier this year, and which kind of kicked off a lot of these changes in this roster, roster rumor mania for the most for, for now. Not, not many things actually confirmed, but we know a lot of things are happening. Um, let's go back to that. When, when did it happen? Like what, what sparked that uh, change? And when did you decide, okay, I'm leaving Vitality? Uh, I think that was around somewhere last month, around late September, uh, beginning of October. Um, obviously, just to, to go a little bit um, before, I think we had a rough year. Uh, first year with Vitality in 22, um, managed to make a switch and got, got Spinks. Um, Something happened during 23 where everyone looked themselves in the mirror and we we started performing also doing with the with you know with the pressure of trying to accomplish the biggest goal and also the goal that I was set uh, um, in the world to do and that was to to provide vitality with a with a major uh, win. Um, fortunately, uh, it was in Paris, um, the last shot you could say during those two years, um, as there was no major in the second part of the year, managed to win it uh, with a lot of pressure uh, on our shoulders, having to win it from the home crowd. That was that was a really tough task for for not just the players, but also the staff involved. Um, we did it, um, and then it was time to, you know, started talking uh, negotiations. Um, I told Vitality that I was really interested in in resigning. Um, same goes with them, um, and and decided not to to talk with any other team um, uh, because I had my my focus on Vitality, uh, and that was my first priority. Um, got an initial offer which was below my my current conditions um, and also below my expectations. Uh, if I have to to be completely honest. Um, and to a point where we tried back and forth and where Vitality encouraged me to to look elsewhere as well. Um, and yeah, so I did. And just to fast forward, uh, had three really good offers in the end and decided to to, um, to go with, with Falcons because of the, the project and the responsibility and the ambitions. Um, that sounded really cool to me, but but my my initial uh, uh, commitment was to try and find a solution with, with Vitality. But um, but uh, I got a really good offer from from Falcons as well, and um, kind of got the keys to to the whole CS2 division together with with Lars, which which kind of triggered me to, to say yes. Do I understand it correctly that like after those initial renegotiations, you know, Vitality tried to come back and and at least come close to the original offer or match that offer in, in some way and try to get you back on board? Yeah, I mean, as I said before, I had three really good offers and one of them was, was Vitality, but at the end here, it was, uh, I, I had some some talks with, with Mossad and, and, and the whole Falcons uh, division. And, and at that point, I had, I had declined the, the offer from Vitality and said yes to Falcons. And when you say yes, you say yes, but I don't regret my, my decision. I'm, I'm looking very much forward to, to uh, my new challenge. And, uh, and yeah, working with the guys so far has been a, has been a pleasure, even though it's, it's, uh, it's very short so far. Yeah. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the roster changes. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna 
burn you as it did when you came on uh, on TeamSpeak 20 <laughs> minutes ago. Uh, not yet, at least. Let's. Uh, I want to hear because we have an interesting opportunity to hear from like both sides. And you just you just mentioned you just mentioned like Mossad kind of uh, swaying you to to sign with Falcons. So can you give us a bit of uh, insight? Like how did you how did you get the the goat coach of CS:GO practically to to join your team, right? Well, I think at the first, uh, uh, Danny and his agent was talking uh, with Grant, our head of esports in Europe, and I was thought that's a really first conversation for whatever reasons comes after. But then uh, Grant told me that Danny is he is interesting and uh, he want to know more about Falcons and even how particular you are committed to CS and uh, all the opportunities, and which was I really glad. I think. Uh, People doesn't a bit forget that we've been in CS for around two years, and we've been doing it in, in every way possible. We've signed um, a tier uh, two team to try to make it to majors, and then we try to upgrade our teams, and then uh, going from French to completely international team. Uh, and we always want to do more uh, towards CS because it's one of the biggest games. So, but sometimes you need uh, the best. Uh, people that you can believe and have uh, trust and faith in the project, which we then have the opportunity with talking with uh, Danny and even Lars about uh, what we want to do. And this is uh, our whole approach about uh, Danny being a coach and even Lars as being up uh, as a director of uh, performance here in Falcons and the whole long-term uh, goals and plans. Uh, and, uh, and certainly in Falcons, we are delighted that uh, Danny and Lars took that challenging step uh, to be honest, I yeah. remember that was the interview from Luis with uh, with Zonic and Grant. I think it was uh, that kind of broke this broke the story on Deserto. Uh, I think that the details there was that originally it was just like you were going after Lars and then realized that Zonic was suddenly available as well. So can you tell can you tell me about like more about that decision to go after Lars first and then you know realizing that there was more to this even possible? Yeah, I think Lars is. Uh... Is the best uh, person to do all over, uh, as in terms of performance and psychologist. And we've always believed and how important it is in Turley and Falcons. But you don't always have uh, the opportunities to get this kind of uh, people. So Grant uh, was in Gamers Aid during that time. So as uh, so as uh, Lars, so they had their chat uh, about uh, we have the intention into doing, and we want Lars not to be specific to our CS:GO team. We want him to be. Uh, performance psychologist for whole Falcons, which we have around 90 players and 10, 11 different games, uh, and to create the whole uh, NDA about performance for the whole players. And then when Grant and Lars started talking, Lars mentioned that uh, there might be an opportunity to get uh, Danny on board. Um, and then after uh, Grant talked with uh, Danny's agent to see if he's interested and I think now we're both together, yeah. I mean, uh, you did mention just like uh, the goals and kind of setting the, explaining to Zonic the ambitions of the clubs, but uh, everyone uh, that's listening is just going to understand that uh, you gave him a blank check or a check of like 10 million euros for the next two years. And uh, then it's like, oh, these ambitions are great, right? Uh, but how, what what are the ambitions? And how do you plan to accomplish them? Let's uh, let's move on to kind of that part of the of the discussion with Falcons. Yeah, I think we have uh, a strategy for whole Falcons is to be within 
let me give you a, a long story short on Falcons and when we started and the whole journey so people even can understand us more. Uh, so we started Falcons, me as a player, uh, in 2018, where I decided to play FIFA underneath uh, my team. And I've won there a major and decided to continue my path as a player in different organizations. Uh, then when COVID hit, uh, I think everyone in the whole uh, gay, the whole world uh, been interested into gaming and the whole industry in general, either uh, businessmen or even just uh, persons who are very casuals and want to do uh, a fun stuff. So we decided to relaunch Falcons in, in three phases uh, and with different goals, uh, with the same uh, investors and shareholders that we have currently. But we planned it in five, six years plan. So the phase one, which was to be, to be the f- uh, biggest competitive team in the Middle East, as we are from uh, Saudi. And within a year, we've been in seven seven different games and winning most of the titles and we've won the biggest uh, the best organization in saudi 2021 and 2022 we was having a second phase which to be a lifestyle brand uh, and we've very successful with that was signing uh, 11 of the elite content creators which if people goes uh, into our youtube they would see they would see an average of 700 800 viewership in each video that falcons upload which have been not uh, many in another organization's uh, uh, channel. So, and we've signed a great sponsor who have been with us since day one and uh, sponsor that came up uh, lately. And now we have our challenging uh, thing, but in a good way that we want to be within 2025, a top five uh, team globally. And that comes obviously with uh, Falcons entering uh, the new games, uh, such as CS and another games that in a very tier one. And uh, in my perspective, CS is not uh, the best game as an esport, and it was at least uh, a top three uh, game out out of revenue and out of the whole format uh, in general. So with, when we was talking to Danny, we told him that it's at least a three years project for you, Danny, uh, to be in as uh, our uh, coach, and we don't want to have any opinions or any pressure by the first year. We're seeing it as a very long-term thing where Danny and Lars can build up or I will, uh, all of our teams and in general the NDA, the identity that we want in CS. But what we want to accomplish is within uh, the next second and third year uh, together. Uh, we've been in CS for two years before now and we know it's not an easy game uh, to be in. And it's a very challenging one, but I think, uh, and here, Danny, you have probably had uh, here more pressure because I'll have to announce it, but we have obviously a big dream, which we entirely share as an ambition and goal is uh, to win a major by 2025. And this is the whole project uh, about uh, Falcons at what we want to do. We want to win a major by 2025, not Copenhagen major or uh, Shanghai major. I would love to, obviously, but the whole goal, because we understand, is it's that it's uh, it's it's not an easy one, and uh, we see it as a long term. And uh, if every team can be, why we don't? Since we have uh, the best staff possible. I mean, for okay. for saying this is long term, you're let's say reports behind the scenes and stuff like that. It seems like you're building very quickly for the short term. So I'm not sure how these two things really match up. You know. I think here that it's Danny's field more where he can uh, tell you more on there. Uh, so if you want any 
team's questions and Danny, I'm happy to to answer whatever rumors that have been made out or any uh, transfers uh, that talking about in terms of deeply in the team. Uh, <laughs> it's Danny's things. Yeah, I I can also um, pitch in here. I think um, I think that makes sense. Obviously, I'm I'm a competitive guy. I've been in this game for for many years, and I'm traveling a lot away from my family so of course if i if i can win it it, it will mean that it's it's worth it in in some sense um i kind of believe in the whole you know uh you know of course we're going to go aggressive of course we're going to we're going to try and win the major in copenhagen but it's not you know as mosad is saying the dream is 25 um so we're not going to do things uh, in in the wrong way and we're not hesitant but if we see an opportunity we're going to go for it um I think that's that's pretty normal. Um, so so uh, so yeah. Uh, if we don't if we don't succeed in 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 Copenhagen, uh, I'm not gonna be so nervous. I mean that's things takes time. It also did that in in Australis. It took 13 months before I joined, at least before we won a major, and it took uh, well over a year in, in Vitality as well. So I think one of the strong suits is definitely patience and we will make mistakes, but I would rather do them now than, than later along the line. Yeah. Just to kind of um, wrap, wrap things up, but uh, you said like a three-year thing, does that mean like Zonix, your contract is three years with, uh, with Falcons? That kind of, I feel like that's implied, but I'm not sure if that's correct or I'm like reading th- between the lines too much. Is that for me or Danny? Either, I mean, either, either. either one of it's you can confirm it if a, you wish to, if you can disclose that. It's a, it's a three years contract. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, what, what Strager said, I think that's what everyone's thinking is like, considering the rumors, it seems like, oh, you want to win as, as soon as possible. But yeah, there seems to be a similar line of like, oh, we can get Zonic, let's get Zonic. Oh, we can get Nico. Well, why would we wait two years to get Nico if we can get him today, right? But I think what people are curious about and like how all the rumors started with you, Zonic, I would say, firstly, is like about like insane spending. And then I think you maybe not directly, but like indirectly said that that's not really that that's you essentially said that your salary was in line with what you had in Vitality. But what other people said is like there are bonuses to kind of increase that. So what kind of what are you willing to spend essentially to to do this because it seems like a lot of people are talking about like an esports winter and a lot of people are cutting budgets and i think that kind of lines goes back to why essentially the vitality offered you less not because you not because you were bad obviously it was just like ah oh, we need to figure out a way to be sustainable uh while you guys are coming in to spend more obviously so what is the what is kind of the the check let's say what are you willing to do to achieve this major be, I guess for Mossad, actually, this <laughs> yes, would be more for yeah. Mossad. Well, what exactly do you, do you want me to, to deepen? Is it the, like how, the question how... is like, how are you, let's say, are you willing to outspend the top teams like three times to, no, to win a no, major? No, 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 that, that, that's absolutely not the case internally uh, in Falcons. And since you mentioned here in name, uh, I'm happy to, to speak up and uh, if uh, if anybody knows me well, knows that I'm very transparent and a direct uh, person. Uh, so since you mentioned as well Nico names, well, by by saying it, uh, I'm happy to say that um, you know, we've been approached by by Nico first at the beginning, and uh, that he wanted to do uh, uh, his move 
uh, and he's exploring uh, his options. Uh, and as Danny mentioned, if there is a great names and uh, a players who's legends in the game, why not if there is an opportunity that have the long-term uh, project? Uh, then I think uh, accidentally I've seen reports that we had him, but the second day it seems uh, not the case. <laughs> but anyway, uh, as I mentioned, uh, we've been approached by him, but we didn't agree on a personal terms uh, with us. So if we are talking, and I mean, I'm here, I'm being frankly as much as uh, not everyone have been. If we have been uh, spending by 2x or 3x, it's a life career for everyone. And if I was a player at that time, I would uh, be jumping in. But what's important for us is how exactly the players and other players believe in our project and how exactly they are being <clears throat> too competitive to jump into the boat since day one. We don't care about that. Anyone, I mean, in general, not uh, worth it talking. We don't care if you have been successful in your past career. We really appreciate it entirely and what you've done for the industry and the game. But it's not, you're not going to come in Falcons and sleep. No, what we want to do is we want to have people who's motivated to work and want to grind the game and want to do absolutely the best for him individually uh, and us uh, Falcons. And if we see a player that understands us and understands what, what we want to do, then we'll be glad uh, to have him. But if we see players adopting and not immediately jumping in the boat, there is uh, a 20 or 50 players who's, who's good. Okay. Yeah. I can also uh, comment on that. I think I think a lot of the, the rumors out there is just, I think it's, it's crazy, to be honest. Um, in Vitality, I was driving a Kia Pro Seed. I'm, I'm still driving a Kia Pro Seed in uh, here in Falcons. Um, if if the amount that is is being talked about out there is true, I would be sitting here with five players who are really competitive and who is ready to win, and that is not the case. Uh, we are operating just like any other team. Uh, yes, there might be some financial things, you know, in terms of getting a physiotherapist for the players, you know. Uh, people being able to sleep in solo rooms during tournaments, uh, where some teams might not have the the funds for it. We are blessed to 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 be able to provide that. But I'm not going to accept any players who's coming in here to to uh, to just you know get the bag as people are keep people are riding. For me, the the dream and the opportunity with the you know the support from from Lars and me uh, and the big ambitions that should be the bag for for the players who wants to come to us. And for me, I don't want players who who doesn't see the the project for what it is, um, but it's just here as a, seeing it as a retirement community. As as I saw someone say, uh, we have high ambitions, and I can only use players who are hungry and and willing to put time and effort into this project. But what about? I mean, it's obvious that maybe even if it's not for the individual deals, as you say, there's still buyouts attached to some of these players. I mean, the Nico one was reported to be in the in the millions. I don't know how much. You know uh, what that means exactly. That could be that could be anywhere from just uh, about a million to to several. Uh, you know, we wasn't gonna pay more than G two paid the two phase to get him up. That's you know that would be interesting information if we do the phase buyout. And I'm <laughs> yeah, not sure if, but, if that's necessarily public. Yeah, but I think it's uh, people here doesn't unfortunately, which I would love to is that uh, kind of as public uh, the buyouts be more public and people knows it more, but. Uh, if it's not publicly in everyone, I can share just 
uh, a bit here. I know I'm not going to have uh, the best response from uh, uh, G2 or Faze, but I'm here speaking because I've seen uh, a lot of, of funny rumors that I was uh, laughing about. And frankly, here speaking, we, we was not going to pay more than what G2 paid to Faze. Okay. What about the, I mean, what about the, I'm not sure how much you can say about that, but what about the overall budget then? Because obviously, you know, again, numbers are thrown around, but that's like, you're going for players that obviously are going to cost to some degree, you know, maybe not in terms of some of the names we heard because their, uh, their deals are running out, you know, like Magisk and Snappy, but then like Nico, for example, and then like interest in Monacy and like some of these players, they're obviously going to come with a, at least a reasonably big price tag you know so there's there's an obvious um um signaling of of a big spending that comes at a very sudden point so i'm curious about that part you know why why now and why how suddenly you have that uh at your disposal i think if, if people like at least see the rumors and the rumors are true i don't know if it's if it's true or not but uh, there have been a couple of rumors that uh there is a couple of players who's uh, a free agents and their contract is going to end. And if we have this big budget where we can get whatever we want and the best player we want, we would have been targeting maybe another segment or another uh, teams and being more aggressively. And it's not secret that everything in CS uh, be leaked before it's, uh, it's announced officially. So uh, as Danny mentioned, you know, uh, the dream goal is to have a team uh, to win by 2025. If we find an opportunity that uh, can come faster with very good players who uh, can jump in, we would be happy to do our best internally to make that possible. But if there is a, an unrealistic opportunity, then we're not going to go out and get it. Like There is no specific number I can share about budgeting, obviously. But if there is unreasonable uh, things, then uh, I've said it before. Uh, it's not one or two players who who change the whole teams. It's uh, a whole unit and the whole team uh, behind it. Okay, so it's more like um, let's say let's say if we had like a transfer market and there is like a you know as in football uh, the the website that has like the values of players. You're like okay, we're willing to spend like plus 20 percent of what what the what the value is but there is no like fixed budget of five million or something like that it all depends on what the player and what the opportunity is essentially to to get a player essentially yeah and and, and as danny mentioned there, there is a couple of small stuff that we are focusing on and, and help the players uh, to make it in but in terms of the percentage of uh how increasing it is with another teams. Uh, it's not 20%. Sometimes it's even uh, less than that. And sometimes uh, it depends between a case and then another. But for now, it's uh, it's less than 20% that uh, uh, we are doing. We're talking with people and letting them know our project and what we want to do. Uh, and people are appreciating that. And uh, we have the best stuff possible to make any player win uh, another uh, major. 
Yeah, I think we can, um, uh, Striker, I don't know if you have a question, but we could bring no, up just go the, into the Vox Pop. Yeah. yeah, we could just bring that up because I think it's an interesting, I don't know what the results are. We just asked people essentially what they think about Falcons coming in and kind of disrupting the, the scene, or at least the rumors are that you're kind of, you know, picking up players from this and that. And uh, when I saw, I saw the original uh, answers and I saw it on Instagram and I saw it on Twitter and it was like, diametrically opposed like on twitter everyone was hating on instagram was kind of like positive so let's uh let's just see the, the results the question is do you like the idea of uh the falcon super team and yeah we can see on uh, there's a lot of a lot more people voting on instagram so i guess that also sways the the total which says like so 30 percent says yeah bring it on 20 something percent it's interesting three not too disruptive and uh actually what is this 21 percent says they don't like the the Falcons part. And that's still like, I would say significant, like a fifth of people are like, not really happy, not, not because of the idea, but more because it's Falcons, right? So how does that, how, what do you think about that essentially? Well, uh, I think if I was uh, a whatever team fan, uh, then obviously I would not be happy that uh, this player left my team to go to another team. Uh, the reality that this happens in every team possible and uh, everywhere so it's completely understandable that there is fans that aren't happy that we had their players or we had uh, uh, their coach who's been uh, uh, voting but as well uh, i think we've been in cs for two years we've tried several things several projects so if everyone can have the right to do it as another orcs why don't we that, that's the main question. Like, I think every team uh, have been doing it in the past uh, years, the big teams, where they buy out players uh, out from here and there. Uh, if, I, I don't think it's the right word if we say we we run or we do uh, are not uh, the best thing to another teams or to disturb them. It's a competitive market that uh, fits everyone, and the teams have been already doing it. It's not that we're doing something. Uh, another thing yeah so zonic what do you like for you personally i think this uh this move caused a lot of i'd say like the community perception not perception reaction to it was kind of divisive i would say until that moment you're generally i'd say 99 percent of the community are like zonic's a cool guy then that kind of changed there's a, a lot of people are kind of having some pushback between for different reasons, uh, like, oh, you left for the money, oh, you're joining a Saudi team, uh, you know, all of these kind of things that they interpreted as as negative. So how, how does how does it feel to you? What do you when you read uh, social media comments and stuff like that? What is what do you think about it? I think obviously if you get too uh, emotional or too attached to the to the trolls online, I think I think you have a have long time reading a lot of stuff, but but uh, of course, it makes an impression on me. Um, I always see myself as a nice guy, and um, I stand by every every decision that I've made. And and I I think Mossad is actually hitting it spot on. If the narrative is that Falcons is coming in here to buy all the players and disrupting the whole market, if if that is the narrative, I understand why all the fans from different teams are are getting uh, worried or concerned and. To some extent, I also see, you know, a lot of team owners and 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 you know, a lot of people uh, going out on social media, uh, fueling that uh, narrative. 
uh, to some extent. So I think uh, we're here to to compete. We are not doing anything that we haven't seen before on the scene, uh, whether it's uh, transfer sums or yeah, all these kind of things. Uh, I think it's it's by the books and by what we have seen before. Um, but yeah, I mean, of course it makes an impression, but but I can only say that that if we had all these amount of money and, and, and the narrative were true, I would be sitting here presenting five players who is ready to go. Um, but that is not the case. Um, so yeah. I think the but the biggest part of where like the not the Falcons part comes from is obviously, you know, the the background of the organization being from Saudi Arabia and uh, not being it not being very clear where that money comes from, how the organization is being funded. There's obviously a lot of, you know, concern about Saudi Arabia as a as a government, you know, it's it's human rights abuses and and uh, that poor record, you know. So that's the part where people have the concerns from. And I think that's like they connect that with uh, with Falcons as a brand as well. Um, what's your what's your take on that? Well, let me jump in here because I'm Danny. I'm not a politician to get into that specific uh, answers. I've been a gamer and I've been in this industry as a as a pro player and now as um, as uh, managing a team and owning uh, a team. So I'll just respond for for that part. Uh, I've seen that a lot of people uh, within tweets obviously that thinks that uh, we are affiliated with uh, Savvy or ESL or any of PIF companies. We are not. Uh, we have uh, a private shareholders who have been with us since day one until now, and they don't have any shares in any another uh, esports companies or gaming companies uh, besides Falcons. So we don't have uh, any things that to do with uh, Savvy. Uh, we are just uh, located at the same uh, country. So that that's the case for us. But I've seen a lot of people saying that we are well, with them or affiliated or anything. And uh, I wanted to make sure for everyone that uh, it's not true at all. Is there nothing? Yeah. Is there no ties to the PIF in general to the to the public investment fund? It's nothing uh, at all. Uh, the same shareholders that have been with us since 2020, they are still with us. No, been no how nobody have became uh, with us uh, since that time. So we are still um, owning it since 2020, and none of them are uh, doing anything uh, with the PIF for us being uh, underneath the PIF or their subsidiaries companies. But that's not exactly true, is it? Because you have, like, as your sponsor, you have STC, which is the Saudi telecom company, right? Yeah. And isn't that owned by the PIF? It is, but it's a sponsor. It's not a partner who have shares. While we do, uh, we promote uh, their STC play, which is uh, uh, they want it to be as uh, the application for gamers. So I think as uh, one of uh, the biggest team in MENA, we have the absolute delight to to sign with whoever uh, partners who who see the assets that we have in order to promote it uh, and do a very good job on it. But you understand the concern, right? Because I mean, this this company though that we were talking about is like the only sponsor do you have, that you have listed on Twitter, for example. You know, so that makes it look like it's pretty important to to the to the organization and to how much funding potentially comes from it. So you're saying that the the, the funding isn't significant, or no, it's it's a sponsorship, but they are the main sponsor that we have, and that's why they have the powered by uh, or sponsored by underneath our social accounts. 
But we have another partner, which is Your Pay, which is an online bank transfer. And we have uh, Adol's Coffee, which is uh, a coffee uh, place in, uh, in Saudi and in the region. And we have Movie Cinemas, which is the biggest uh, cinema screens uh, in Saudi. And thanks for allowing me to promote that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they're not uh, clashing with any of our sponsors. So, so definitely not a bet- betting sponsor. So that's, that's fine. <laughs> Um, just to kind of rewind, because you said, uh, I think this is like a concern for people because you said like, ah, oh, it's private investors. So what does that, what does that actually mean for, because people that are going to be listening to this are CS fans and they're like, okay, this just means people that we are not going to name that can be anyone essentially. Yeah, obviously they, they want to be out of, of being public, uh, their names. And, uh, I really respect that. And this is the, their decision, but they have nothing to do uh, with the PIF or, or Savvy. They don't work there or they don't own any of uh, the companies, uh, at least uh, uh, 5% in any, underneath any of uh, the PIF companies. And they don't even have any shares in any another uh, gaming company uh, in general. But as much as any another organization, they are all have a private investors that uh, they are not announced or they wish to not be announced. Yeah, just to ask like this, uh, because this is the, the the rumor that I got, so you can just say yes or you can deny. It's uh, the rumor is that it's, that the, the org was funded by Prince Faisal through, a, through a, I would say, like a mutual friend, essentially, who is also like connected to the Saudi government. So is there, what if, is there truth to this? No, that's not true. Prince Faisal is uh, just to let everyone know he's uh, the chairman of Saudi Sport Federation, uh, and this is absolutely uh, not true. We've been in 2018, and the goal thing for Falcons was uh, me being representing the team uh, while I was uh, playing, and I decided to stop the project because the industry wasn't uh, good enough uh, in uh, at that time in our region. In 2020, I think there was. Uh, a really great pollution people uh, in the industry uh, seeing it uh, uh, gaming as the new thing in terms of business and if that was the case why would it be now i think that's a question with uh, i would love to hear i would love to see the answer from people like there was uh, a gamers 8 club uh, rewards last year which was around 5 million 5 million usd uh, to the top teams so if we was really supportive and we had everything all, and all the green carpets or the red carpets in front of us, then why wouldn't it be within the last two years or three years or one year? Why it's now when we had our steps and we've been at least uh, doing everything right in terms of social and engagement with people while we have the red carpet to do it uh, since day one? Well, I don't know, um, but but yeah, but but what you said at the beginning was like the initial Falcons was supported uh, through the Saudi, or uh, because I I missed that kind of. Thing no, 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 no. We 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 haven't been uh, doing anything or supported by anything. I was just saying if we was supported, uh, why now? No, year ago or two years ago. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Right. I mean, just but this the... is not this is not the start of your investment, right? Because <clears throat> as you say, like you. I mean, you've been operating a lot of games for for a while, right? And even in Counter Strike, like with the Boros signing, for example, that was uh, reportedly coming in with a fairly big price tag as well. And he was a very sought after player at the time. 
So it's not like this investment is new, you know? Yeah, it's not new whenever there is opportunity and we can uh, make good uh, in terms of it, uh, then why not? But I think people need, uh, like the fans need to know and they, they have absolutely the right to hear the explanation uh, from me directly or anyone uh, in Falcons. But people need to know that CS have one of the biggest uh, return of investment to the orgs. Uh, so that's why everyone is in CS and everyone uh, doing their best to have a very uh, best competitive team. And if you want to be one of the best organization, uh, then you have uh, you have the, you have to be there. And I think we are delighted that uh, uh, within uh, 2024, the beginning of 2025, there is no partner teams and there is no agreement. So we can do uh, our path much easier than. Uh, spending uh, millions and being limited on only just uh, certain teams. You're not in talks with those two organizers, you know, at the moment, because obviously there's still a year left on those on those deals, you know. No, 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 we, we haven't. Yeah. Okay, that's uh, that's very interesting because that's also a part of speculation. A lot of people. So, so you're saying not in talks, or you're not interested? But if you if you can share that, because I would say I think there might be some some slots up for grabs, right? With the phase complexity thing, there might be something there, or maybe some other org uh, if they if they decide to leave. So, would you be interested in like a ESL or a blast spot? I think if there is a good opportunity that makes sense business wise to Falcons, uh, then why not? Since we have we're gonna have a, a very good and competitive team, but uh, like one year or. Uh, Two years ago, we couldn't afford uh, being there, and I think we are in lucky spot that uh, we don't have to pay uh, that cost uh, to get into that just particular uh, teams. Yeah, we're talking about return of investment, but I mean, this mainly comes from majors, right? Yes, and he, Dan is the king of majors. <laughs> that is, that is, <laughs> he's fair, the yeah. most successful uh, coach ever there who have been uh, winning a major. I mean that is uh, that is true. Like we, everything we heard about the the Paris major is that the the sticker money has been pretty good. I don't know what can you can you blink twice, uh, Danny, if you if the if it was really good. Still driving a Kia Proceed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say that the money didn't wasn't delivered on your bank account yet. That's nah. that's my that's my guess. Is yeah. is is that true? That is uh, some of it has, but. Uh... But yeah, no, it was a it was a good major, not only for the for the for the trophy, but also financially wise. For everyone, yeah. I think not just the vitality one, but for everyone uh, getting stickers. I mean, yeah, I, I the numbers we heard for everyone was pretty good, but then I you guys get the champion sticker as well, right? So that's like some some extra extra bonus right there. Yeah. So that's pretty. That's pretty cool. I think we can uh, we can move into the into the kind of the transfer talk um, and like what happened recently, which is at least what we have official, and that is that. Uh, well, this is another thing that people kind of hold against you, Zonic, right now is uh, the initial interview, which was like I'll give everyone time on the on the roster to to prove the themselves. Chance, I think was the uh, yeah, and uh, officially you started November first. I think that was November somewhere at the start of November. Now it's November seventh today, and uh, yesterday there's already been like the the benching of four players. Uh, so uh, so what's up with that? Yeah, how did that happen? Yeah, to to be fair, it's uh, it's it's not fun because it's players' career that we're talking about. But just to be frank, obviously, I started having some talks with assistant coach management, uh, 
just on a regular basis. Uh, I have had talks with all the players, um, but but some of the things that I've heard was I got a really early alarm, uh, red alarm uh, ringing in my ears with with the uh, with the current roster not performing and not socially uh, um, being there as a team. Um, I had talks with the the assistant coach, but also the the previous coach, uh, Steve. Um, and then I had talks with the players. And I could just say that one player said to me that that uh, he he uh, if if I hadn't mind in keeping the roster as it is right now, he would bench himself and <laughs> coming in as a coach and 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 having that starting point uh, that is rough to be honest. Um, with that being said, of course I came in to make changes. Uh, let's not. Uh, bullshit anyone um but the, the the thing was just how many right now i've made the decision of at least giving uh, the opportunity to four of the players of exploring their options regarding uh, trying to find another home to qualify for for the copenhagen major it's everyone's dreams uh, including myself um especially the one here in copenhagen but but i think for um, for me there is a good chance that i might I might call some of them back unless they find a home uh, in the meantime. Uh, it really depends. It's not just about, okay, uh, uh, let's get the, yeah, we can, we can continue the Nico talk. Let's get Nico and then uh, uh, we keep someone out. I mean, it's, uh, there's a lot of things. I'm also here to build, as I said before, a team that is sufficient for, for, uh, for, for, for a long period of time. Um, so I'm also looking at, you know, age, just like I did in Mitality, uh, you know, with the Dupree bench compared to Flames. Uh, there are different layers that we have to look in, like wall-wise, uh, communication, um, uh, age. Uh, there's a lot of things. Um, and I also need to have a talk with, uh, with the up-and-coming in-game leader. And yeah, there's, there's a lot of things that have to be that has to be talked through. But I also tell directly to the players that I did see a future in that, that uh, I don't see a future for you in the team, so you are ready. You are free to to explore your options. But uh, some of them also got the message that I might need them, uh, depending on how I I shape the team uh, world wise, uh, and who I can get uh, and who I want to keep. But there are, I mean, it is a talented team. There are a couple of players, uh, two or three, to be honest, that that has future potential and also rising stars in, on their previous teams. It just hasn't worked out with the current roster that they had. Um, and when the players come to you and say, hey, I don't want to be part of this team. I mean, there's no point in me trying to even sit with a practice with them. Might as well get started. I think uh, wasn't Longs like a vitality target not so long ago. So I guess is he one of the players that you said, like, there is a chance to to bring him back? I mean, we had an eye uh, out for him when he was in Sprout, um, but I also told him that I think that he's he has not been performing as well as he did in Sprout. Also, to the towards the end in Sprout, he 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 lacked a little bit. But uh, I had a really good talk with him, and um, yeah, obviously I can't go into to into future detail, but but he has been. I felt the right thing was to, if I couldn't promise them a seat, to at least give them the opportunity to explore their options in case they wanted to find a new home because as I said before, a lot of them are really talented guys and they deserve to have a shot. Um, but I also told them that I might come back and ask them for, for, for them to stay. And then we could see how it will progress, you know, six, seven, eight months. Um, no one is safe on any team uh, except for Cybo. 
<laughs> not <laughs> even simple as we as, as it turns out yeah i mean um uh, that's interesting because uh, well obviously things changed with a with an eco thing and uh obviously that can also change a lot of other things because you know how dominoes and the puzzle well, pieces fall into place and no, i don't know whatever uh whatever the analogy i was going for but uh, it definitely didn't seem communicate what you said now that didn't seem like what the communication was from falcons coming out when the four players are benched but maybe i just didn't look into the details i don't know striker if you can support me here but i don't think that there's there was the vibe of like oh these but guys some of are, them might come back right yeah, yeah. they're exploring their option it's more like these guys are out and goodbye we are we have better people coming in so that's uh that's interesting definitely uh striker do you have a question to throw in here I know. I was just it. I was just looking through the the actual communication of the benching, but at the time I just couldn't just oh, but, due, due but, to the recent to... plans of 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 Team Falcons, we're making changes to the team, and these four will be moving to the inactive roster. So very vague in that sense. Yeah. yeah. But it was yeah. what I told them. I told the players that yeah, for now they are benched. I'm looking for for alternatives and and looking to you know explore the different options that I have. Uh, I mean it's it's. It's uh, not that I underestimate it, but it's an extremely complicated process coming into a team from scratch. I've been very blessed by, you know, joining Astralis, you had Device. Joining Vitality, you had Cyber. I mean, uh, you know, kickstarting a project of this uh, um, size, you know, joining the, the 59 team in the world. Um, it's a big challenge, I can say that, <laughs> by just being here for seven days. Um, but but uh, yeah, I have tried even though that I can see the the, the concerns about the statement. Um, and yeah, so to some extent, some of the players didn't have, have a future. Uh, when I was doing that interview, I had barely watched any Falcons game, barely had any talks with, with the staff. I hadn't talked to the players. Um, when it got announced, I couldn't work with the players uh, because I was still officially tied to Vitality. Um, but I got some information. I got to see the team and... And yeah, when I had the talks with them, uh, I think also if you ask them, I think I've been as honest as I could get. And some of the players got the message that they have no future whatsoever in the team. And some of them have been told that they are free to explore their options, but I might come back. But who knows? But wait, you said that you didn't talk to the players until the start of November? Yeah. Okay, but... There, there have been reports for, for a longer time than that. I don't know how much of you were involved in those talks from the beginning, but it's pretty clear that like the the messaging from behind the scenes and from the people that were like moving around that there have been at least questions around players for for longer than that. Questions for players. I mean, in of... terms of in terms of like talking to players about bringing them over. No, over I, I was talking like about the players in Falcons, like the current roster. Ah, got it. Okay, yeah. got it. I thought you were talking about the other. No, because uh, no, obviously I can't work for Falcons before I officially joined. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you said like you joined the uh, Astralis, then you had Device, and then you joined uh, Vitality, you have Zaiwu, and now you're going to join Falcons. You joined Falcons. And uh, I guess uh, you can say how much you can say, but it seems like Magisk is that like player for you and Falcons, like your rock that you can be you can rely on to be like a like a player that sets the standard for everyone else um you don't have to confirm or deny but is that like kind of the idea that you want with your kind of first signing is to have someone that's like okay this is the guy that shows you shows everyone else how to behave in the game and outside of the game and practice and throughout everything 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, I've been working with Mattis for, for a lot of years. I know what he stands for. I know what he's capable of. I think he's by far one of the most underrated players we have on the, on the scene. Um, so I'll always be interested in any meal. Um, but yeah, I mean, but as I said before, it's it's a complicated process. Not with all due respect to, to the current players, but not having that much to offer. Um, if that makes sense, besides what me and Lars is, is providing. And that is the system. And that is the focus on turning up the small percentages here and there. You know, if we have an issue with, with you know, uh, my talks with a lot of players and also my experience, especially with the Astralis guys, you know, sleeping issues, you know, I've, I've really been a fan of Lars's work when it comes to, you know, optimizing the small percentages here and there. And now we're coming in and we have, you know, uh, the key to the castle, if, if I can say that, Mossad, uh, you know, how we want to shape it uh, and not joining an existing uh, team who who has their way of doing things. And, and, and here, I mean, to be fair, Lars can really explore how he wants to, to build a really professional team and how we can add more percentages to, to what we've been doing previously. Um, and that's, that I'm really excited about. Um, so, so yeah, but of course, um, for me, it's, it's building for the future. You know, you need to get some young players. You need to get the experience. You need to get, you know, uh, players who first and foremost are hungry and wants to join this project because of what I've been, um, because of what I stand for and what Lars has been doing. Um, I mean, without patting ourselves too much on, on the, on the back, I think we have a pretty strong track record together. Um. And if players have the intention of joining here because they think they can, they can make the bank uh, look elsewhere. Because we are, we are here to continue working just as hard as we did in, in Vitality and Australis. How much can you say about um, the talks that have been happening? And I mean, especially the fact that you know, as we were talking about before, you know, when you want a player like Nico, whatever happens, you know, you were talking about that individual deal not going through. Um, whenever that happens, I'm sure this also affects other talks that you are having with other players that you haven't really locked down yet. How much, how hard is it to navigate building a team that has this high of an ambition, especially from the start, you know, from the players that you have been targeting? Um, how hard is it to kind of put it all together in one piece at the same time, especially in this kind of a timeline when, you know, the major qualifiers are in two months and unless you get a core of another team, you will have to go through the entire process. You know, there's no ranking for you to rely on to be able to get like past the open qualifier or whatever it is. You're just going to have to start from the scratch. And that's obviously a big question mark, you know, especially with what we heard about Paris being very profitable. You know, that's something that players will also consider, you know, if they want to join a team that is, um, you know, this risky, let's say, you know, from the start even. Uh, so how, just tell me about this process. How hard is it to, to put it together? I mean, it's it's challenging. You know, you have to convince players to 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 join. Um, it's it's players' career uh, that they have to you know take a leap of faith, believing in in us um, and 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 you know what we stand for. And and for me, it's I'm I'm not too worried uh, because if, for me, if my contract was six months and my goal was to win the major in Copenhagen, I would I would not even have time to for for to to sit here at the with you guys so for me it's it's in the long run uh we will always try and win every tournament that we participate in that's something that we have been that i've been working through all my teams um 
we want to win everything that we, we touch, but you also need to have a realistic mindset. And as we talked about before with Mossad, we're not throwing 10 million euro after a player or whatever the numbers are out there. Uh, we are doing Unless this. The, uh, if it's Zyra. <laughs> I, I will definitely try to persuade <laughs> Mossad <laughs> if, if we could get him. Um, no, but but for, for, uh, I mean, it's we, we're here in the long run. We will always try and win. And if I can assemble the best team possible for the Comegan Major, I will do that. But I would rather fail now. And, and you know, we might not get the the the, the exact team that I want. Uh, but but uh, I'm, I mean, three years, we have a lot of time uh, left and we're still going to build our way. We're not going to stretch through things. And I think people will see that by the end of this year when when uh, when the roster is announced, that it's not going to be like what people expect, most likely. Uh, what do you mean by that, no oh, okay. Yeah, but you know, people are talking about super team left and right. Um, and you and think that's not realistic? Maybe that's not what I want. Uh, okay. Not right now. I think it's also about you know putting a lot of pressure on yourself. Uh, I want to do this the right way. I just don't want to get the five, you know, five top players just to 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 assemble the team. I want to you know do it in the proper way, just like Falcons did with you know hiring me and Lars first. I want to to do it the proper way. But of course, I'm stressed because, as you said, uh, the qualifications for 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 the major starts in in uh, a little over uh, a little less than two months. But I mean, come on! If you if like the four players that you get on top of Boros, you know, if it's like Morrissey, Nico, obviously that's been that 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 option has gone away. But let's say in a theoretical world, you know, if you get Morrissey, Nico, Magic, and Snappy to go along with Boros, that is that is a team you can't really pass up. What is it? No, but of course, if if the if there is an opportunity to get these players, I will definitely uh, seek for it. Just like when Nico came, I'm not just gonna say ah, not really. I mean, of course, I've always been interested <laughs> in a play. I've always been interested in a player like Nico. But I'm what I'm saying is that I'm I'm not stressed about it. That I'm not just saying okay for for all the price in the world, let's get a team for uh, before the major in Copenhagen. Personally, I would love to go to the major in Copenhagen. I think I have skipped way too many uh, events on Danish soil. Some of it my own fault, hence, hence the one coming up here in Copenhagen. But but uh, the major is a little bit more special. I think it's even more for, for some of the players. But but um, I'm, I mean, I'm going all in and we're going to try everything we can to uh, to do good and, and, and qualify. But but if that doesn't happen, we, uh, we're in here for the long run. Yeah, I think uh, we're kind of coming to the end of the of the time you have guys have for for us tonight but i think uh, maybe a question for you Mossad, is what do you think what do you see as the biggest challenge towards your goals of uh, of winning the major in in 3 years and essentially the the success of falcons cs division well i don't think there is many challenges that what people uh, expect i think we are in a clear shape uh, i would have been worried if uh, we have the funds but we don't have the best stuff uh, to utilize it but thankfully we do have uh, the best staff and we do have as well uh, the best uh, esports uh, managers who can uh, help us by, by do that uh, i think we will be in a very good shape uh, to, to get our dream uh, and everyone uh, in MENA's dream to see uh, a MENA organization uh, to be in the major, to have their own stickers and hopefully to, to someday uh, win there as well. We had Gamers 8 in Saudi last uh, last year, which we hope as well to have it here and 
uh, at the, the whole arena. Maybe it wasn't 20,000 or 10,000, but at least it was, uh, it was sold out. So I think uh, I'm not going to say we don't have challenges, but I think that's uh, the fun of, uh, of esports where today you have the challenges and to, tomorrow you success in order to, to celebrate it uh, more than yesterday. Okay. Striker, do you have any any extra thoughts, questions? No, all good. Yeah, Zonic, uh, giving giving you the floor uh, also for some like final thoughts. Um, obviously, been been a lot in the media more. I would say more than you're used to, uh, all over the social media as well. So, any uh, any final uh, thoughts or messages for the for the audience? Just want to yeah uh, clarify that me joining Falcons is absolutely about winning. Um, that same goes for Lars. Uh, want to thank all the fans in, in Vitality, also the players. I never really felt I got the the opportunity to to do it properly. Um, want to thank Falcons for believing in me. Uh, also you, Mossad, but also the uh, the fans from from Saudi um, missed Gamers Eight this time around, but uh, hopefully. Uh, we will go next year. So, uh, so yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to uh, to starting this project. Uh, but yeah, as I said before, we're in for the long run. Okay. Uh, well, uh, I think it's time to just hit a short break, ad break. Uh, thank you both for coming on. I think we we asked and answered a lot of a lot of questions that the community had, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, people enjoyed it. Everyone enjoyed it. Um, uh, yeah, the chat is the chat as uh, as it is expected at this at this time. But we'll continue after the break, talk a bit more about all the rumors and everything. And uh, yeah, thank you once again, and uh, see you in a few minutes. Best esports odds, VIP program, and a variety of bonuses. Fast and easy withdrawals. Bet on every possible CSGO matching tournament, as well as any other esports game. Only on 22Bet. Do you want to change your boring old skins for awesome new ones fast, without losing a lot of value, and without the risk of getting scammed? Go to TradeIt.gg and safely trade your items within 60 seconds. Just select which items you want to trade from your inventory and choose whatever skin you want from TradeIt's inventory. Click Trade, verify the trade on Steam, and you're good to go. With the biggest inventory available for the lowest trading fees on the market, TradeIt.gg is your go-to whenever you want to play with new skins. <laughs> I can't it's actually live. Uh, what a Lucas countdown! Did he actually do that? Oh my god! I literally like I literally make fun of him. Is he gonna be? It's gonna be. It's gonna be four three two one. And he's like, no no no. We're live. Uh, amazing amazing countdown as always. Uh, hello Zonic, <laughs> goat uh, goat coach. Yeah, uh, just, just a quick shave. Oh, okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll change it up. Uh, change that striker. You did. Uh, you did one thing good today. Can't have two. You know that's all. <laughs> um, yeah. Hello, Harry. Um, you're filling in for the goat. Goat coach. Uh, Almost how does that feel? Harry Russell. Yeah, it's good. I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't love? Who doesn't love Sonic? So there you go. Yeah. I feel like half of the community 
doesn't love him anymore, but that's, uh, that is what it is. <laughs> that is what it is. We're going to, we're going to talk about some of the recent news to kind of finish off the episode, uh, because we had the, the guests on for an hour. So why not? Then there's also a bunch of other things to talk about. Like, obviously the roster mania thing is, uh, still going on. I think from last episode, what we got was the confirmation of magic. Obviously the guys didn't really confirm their rating to, for the thing to come out, but that is. As as much as we know, uh, a done deal, and that's like the the first piece of the puzzle coming in. And then the Nico news came out, which well now we now we have a bit more insight, and that is from the from the episode earlier. That is that Nico reached out first. At least that's what uh, the Falcon CEO said, which is interesting. Um, what is our first thought on that? Actually, yeah, I think it it makes sense from. I think if you're a player, you kind of and your contract is either running out or coming to a close or whatever. You just got to explore the options and like it, it's it's pure speculation, obviously. But if you're someone like Nico, you can leverage teams against yourselves. Like you, you probably wanted to stay with Hunter and G two. Like I'm not saying he didn't consider Falcons, but I think you'd be stupid if you're a player and you don't. When Falcons are building this not super team, they don't want me to use super team. But if they're building a team like this, you're kind of stupid not to ask them. To then be able to use it later down the line, right? Um, so it's hard to know from the outside exactly what Nico was thinking at that time, but I think I think he's right to at least explore options. I mean, it's interesting what uh, what we heard from this Falcon CEO about that, right? Because that like that he came to Falcons first, which I'm curious about if it's going to get rebutted or not, because this is not a detail that we heard before. At least I heard something along those lines. I mean, I don't know if you remember about two weeks ago when we had this talk about Nico and like, what's the situation. And I was saying at the end, it's like, seems to be so complicated that like G2 seem to want to sell him, but Nico doesn't want to go or like Nito Nico wants to go. G2 doesn't want it. Like, I didn't understand what the situation exactly was. And I'm curious if this is going to get, um, talked about a little bit more, especially now that we have the other side as well coming in and kind of stirring the pot with that piece of information. So, I mean, that's, that was kind of the curious part for me, you know, like if that is true, if Nico was the one to initiate like a move that's, and so then what happened that made him go back, you know, was it just because of the G2, like rumors of, of underpaying him or like, you know, um, you know, offering him a lower salary, similarly to what happened with Vitality and Zonic and that, you know, caused him to go somewhere else to, to get a different offers that he can then take back to G2 and throw in their face so that they can match it or at least, you know, give him the money that he quote unquote deserves or had before, you know, so that's that this, this sort of stuff is just business, right? A lot of the time, like if you are under underappreciated by your organization or ask, asked to, to take a pay cut, this could be legitimate from the organization as well. I mean, we know what the situation is at the moment with the sports winter, blah, blah, blah. Everybody's been talking about it uh, for forever and ever. Right. So you understand, but you understand that's the game. It's just, sometimes it's not necessarily about the team. You just have to play the game sometimes to, to, for your own benefit. Yeah, I mean, the, the interesting thing is I don't even know if Nico extended the contract because I, I didn't hear that mentioned. I didn't get that confirmed off the records, on the records or anything. So it feels like they would have said that more explicitly if that right. was the case, because they would have like wanted, they would have, to, they would have wanted to communicate that to the world. Like, okay, he's staying for whatever a fuck ton of years as they said yeah. like the, the previous previous uh communication you know and it, like from what i understand his contract was still maybe about a year left or at, or at, like a year and a half or half a year depending on if the, he and uh, hunter re-signed for two years or three years uh, when they did in 2022 
Um, and also it depends on if it was just extended based on their original contract and they just extend like added two more years on top of that. And when that was ending, we don't know, like it's, it's not obvious, like when that contract was supposed to end, you know, so maybe there's still a year and a half on it, you know, and it's just that he didn't agree on getting bought out, you know, or G2 yeah. just messed, whatever it happened, you know, that, that so, seems yeah. to, that seems to be the thing to me, which as could also just mean maybe down the line, you know, he still goes to the Falcons in like a year or six months or whatever, you know, that could still be the the case. But yeah, from what I understood, the the agreement was made and between the two orgs. So, and obviously there was a significant buyout, which as uh, Mossad said, was not more than what FaZe got from G2, which I think was in the, in the million-ish area. Uh, but I'm, but I might be just throwing out a random number, so don't take it to. What's um, uh, face for for Nico, right? You said no. I mean G two, yeah, G two yeah, yeah, for yeah. for Nico, right? Uh, it's been a quite a quite a long time since that, so my memory is not that great. Um, but yeah, I think you know if if G two was expecting that money and like we're counting, oh fuck, we're gonna get the million. I think, and then when that doesn't happen, obviously people can be disappointed. At the same time. Um, at the same time, yeah, you still have Nico, you know, that's not, uh, that's not a bad thing either. So interesting, interesting developments. And I would love to, would love to hear more about it. I'm sure we will hear more about it essentially, especially because uh, of this detail coming out and Nico being Nico, like he's not really a guy. He's not, you know, he's not Glaive from Astralis PR game that like plays every interview super safe. So I think he's going to say something sooner or later about this case. And uh, especially yeah. if it's something that's like he thinks he's being uh, misrepresented or whatever yeah. it's like that, he's going to get like he's going to probably think about it. I mean, we'll see. We'll see about that. I, mean, I was just like looking back through the news that we we posted because uh, uh, Luis was reporting on it pretty uh, heavily when the G2 phase talks were starting to to uh, were st starting like which happened like months before he actually joined, you know, like the talks actually happened for quite a long time. And there's a line there that said that it would require one of the biggest transfer fees in Counter-Strike history. So you can imagine that even if uh, even if it's, uh, let's say, like, it's not going to be under a million. Let's just say that. Otherwise, like, that's that wouldn't be that wouldn't, wouldn't be the sort of line that's uh, that was put there by by Luis, who is, by the way, back with HLTV now. Let's go. Transfer mania. Um, yeah. Um, Harry, outside of uh, this Nico thing, what, what do you think was the most interesting roster news that we had in the last week or so? Well, I mean, there's, there's lots to pick from, isn't there? I think, I think it, it's the theme of this podcast, but it is the Falcons thing because, and maybe not even just because of what it happens to Falcons, it's kind of the domino effects around it, right? I think that's what's actually might be more interesting because you've already seen the rumor, of course, Magisk. That's already leaving Vitality going off to someone, which then is going off to Mezzi, we think. And then that's causing Fnatic to maybe go full Swedish now. Like that's a rumor that's happening. So that it's that kind of domino effect of Rostomania that always makes it so, so exciting. I think it's it's kind of one after the other and then all these cascading rumor changes. And it's, you know, it, it, you don't want it to get to the point where it is in sports. It's like almost the transfer season's almost a little bit more exciting than the, than the main season. Like we don't want to get to that point, but I think... Like with, with some tournaments, uh, it, it, it does seem to be people are more interested in the transfers right now. And I think it's Falcons that are kind of kicking all of that off uh, this season. I mean, it's also interesting from the just the Falcons perspective, because 
obviously, obviously, at least from what we know, a lot of the contracts, like the snappy thing is not signed. And then who is the opera on the team? That's also not really figured out. So um, how does this affect the rest of the team? Like is snappy going to sign if there's like, ah, oh, it's going to be Nico. And now, oh, there's no Nico. Instead of Nico, you get longs, you know? Um, <laughs> how does that change thing? And th there could be a like a cascading effect of just Falcons not really getting anything near the um, the lineup that was kind of i don't want to say promised but what people expected and what was reported on and i think honestly i my feeling is just what sonic was saying now on the podcast if they got nico he wouldn't have be, been saying those things about like oh yeah maybe we bring back players that that is my very cynical reading of the whole situation is like they thought this was all a done deal and that's why they they communicated the way they did and now it's going to be like well uh, you know now it's a three-year project but if they had that lineup then obviously like doing insanely well maybe not winning the copenhagen major but like making playoffs would be a realistic goal um yeah maybe it would still be a three-year plan but it changes a lot of the dynamic of the of the team so i'm i'm very curious what happens next considering as yeah. from what we know nothing is nothing is really signed yeah yeah, I mean, it could easily, like, let's say you're snappy in this position, you know, and you're like, okay, so I was kind of promised, like, okay, we're starting with Magisk, there's, there's Boros, who's already a big talent, right? Uh, there's some, like, uh, future potential there as well. Um, and if you get Nico on top of that, at least you have some sort of a um, guarantee that that's going to be a player who's going to be delivering. Whether it's, like, even if it's CS2, you know, you can expect Nico, even if he's 5% worse, he's still going to be a great player, you know? Maybe he's not going to be a top three player that we we know now, you know? Or like top five, whatever. Um, but he would still be a valuable asset to your team. You know, he wouldn't he wouldn't hold you down. But then you lose on that opportunity, and maybe you know Shiro is too expensive to get. You know, or like there's not an offer that you know Monesi that didn't go through. G2 didn't want to sell him. Maybe Shiro is not an option. You know, maybe Cloud9 are going to want way too much money for him, which is the sort of stuff that I'm hearing. You know, that the buyout there is crazy, and so like. Yeah, then like maybe that one you can get some problem, pious, yeah. but then why would you get some pious if you can just stay in ants and have some pious there already in a team that <laughs> yeah. you know, you know? So that's the point, you know, like because if you're but... if you're looking at it just from a competitive side, you know, and like at least ants have the partnership with ESL at the moment for the next year, so there's some stability there. So you really would have to go and bank on, you know, obviously if it's if you're not getting some insane bank as people have been kind of insinuating with Falcons and who knows whether that's true or not, as we just heard, right? Um, but, uh, even if they get a little bit more money, if they're not competitive enough, they maybe they're not going to get into the first major. And that suddenly means maybe that's half a million less in, in sticker, sticker money, you know, that you're going to get just in the first half of a year alone. So that's not going to make up for the, for whatever money salary, you're getting on top yeah. of, uh, on top of your current deal, you know? So it, like taking all this into consideration is not simple, you know, it's like, okay, like you have a decent team, but uh, in two months time to qualify for a major, even if you have a stacked lineup, there's no guarantee of that. Like we know that now it takes a little bit more time for teams to to get put together and be as competitive and be like competing for top spots. We don't see like completely new teams just take over the world all of a sudden. Obviously, we don't. We also don't see projects like this pop up every now and again, like uh, all the time, you know, because it's yeah. crazy names that are being thrown around. But still, you know, like it's, it's a big risk for any player to take to, especially at this point, you know, when you don't even know which which players are still going to be good in CS2. We've only had a few events. Yeah, that's kind of the thing that actually surprised me that they're kind of moving this early on the project because 
you'd think after the major as well, there's going to be a lot more going on and like maybe these bigger names are more available. But I kind of, the thing with Falcons, I think it's like, if you look at football with all this kind of like the fresh money that came in in the last 10 years or so, like you can kind of see, so PSG just went for the superstars and obviously that's worked out much worse than, than someone like Man City who have like a similar amount of money, but they're spending it kind of like 40 to 50 million on each player basically. And kind of having this really well-rounded team that is still hungry for success and everything like that. And I think maybe long-term kind of these superstars, like it sounds kind of, it sounded crazy to say, but maybe these superstars rejecting them at this point, maybe like long-term, they're going to end up with maybe a more well-rounded team and and kind of pick up the new stars of CS2 instead of the CSGO stars that obviously are going to bring the short-term success like straight away. But that also brings the expectations, which Zonic also mentioned. And it's not as easy, like, like the super teams we've had in CS, like, how many of them have actually like instantly hit the ground running? Like we've the Cloud Nine team is probably the most recent one, and that's not gone anywhere near as well as like anyone and, expected. And that's not so even it's like close to the Falcons lineup, which is like potentially like yeah. four to five different teams. This is just like two teams coming together, the core already existing with a coach. So it's not and even be roles that. being being a good fit at the time. Yeah, you know? it's it's not something like in theory it's. It's not even like when you think of super team, you think, you know, best player from this team, best player, best defender, best attacker, best midfielder, you know, and then putting it all together. It's like, ah, there are two, two teams that kind of, we can kind of just put them together and they pretty much sucked, right? Uh, I mean, you did that article on like how long it takes team to, to find success. What was it? I know you said like one roster change. What is it like three months or something? Something like that. Yeah, I think it's roughly about that. Yeah, but yeah, so it's, it's a few lands, lands basically. Yeah. But for like but the a, rule of thumb is a few lands. For like a whole team, how long does it take? Uh, if there's like three or more changes, that's like a year, right? To hit the hit like peak, essentially. Yeah, like it's just not really been done very much, so I don't think I actually even did it. I, don't know, a lot of I think three roster changes was already like hitting six months to hit like average peak ranking so it's still not that very long because it's still like esports it still moves a lot quicker but but yeah like this kind of three-year project like like it doesn't maybe seem as long term as maybe sometimes it's made out to be but i think in esports three years is plenty long enough for zonic to even pick up some young players now and still hit that 2025 goal i think um yeah from that point of view for sure even that would make sense. I think you were the one who talked about this uh, before, where you were saying like, why wouldn't why wouldn't you just like kind of build gradually? You know, like you get a couple of players now, yeah. and then you you figure out what of the current pieces you still don't want after that time. You know, of the ones that Zonic was saying have some potential, and you could imagine he was probably talking about Launix and uh, MHL in in that sort of uh, in that sort of discussion. Just because you know, body and NBK are obviously like beyond their 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 zenets now, and they're both kind of getting on the older side, uh, and both have been in the scene for long enough to kind of prove that whether they have it, have what it takes to be at the top top level. I mean, NBK obviously proved it before; he's more like on the other side now. Uh, but for body, you know, he had his opportunities and didn't get them. So you could you could imagine that he was talking about like let's say MHL, you know, if they don't get an Alper until the end of the year that they want, he probably possibly comes back where they get somebody like along those similar lines, you know, that's okay. They give a half a year. If he doesn't uh, match up to their expectations or like he doesn't improve, then we're going to look again or, you know, we're going to keep an eye on these opportunities on like a year or maybe his buyout goes lower, goes lower in a few months time, you know, after the major or whatever, you know? So um, like, I don't know. It is, that's why I kind of asked Zonic this question because it's super, it must be super fucking hard to get players on board at the moment. It's like, with the flack that you're going to get from the community for joining Falcons, 
whether that's warranted or not, you are going to get it. Like that, that is, that's very obvious from the way that this episode was perceived, you know, as we were like announcing those two guys coming on, like it was very over, overwhelmingly negative in terms of comments, you know, like the, the people that care about it, they care about it a lot. So you're going to, you're going to get more flack for joining this team. So that's one piece of, of risk that you're, you're taking on, you know, the second one is just, you're joining a completely new team at a time that is super hard to predict because you don't know which teams are going to be good in CS2, which players are going to be good in CS2. And we're two months away from qualifications for the major, like all this together, like, of course you have to overpay you. Of course you have to, um, you have to spend big bucks on bios because teams don't want to just let go of their players, uh, as easily, especially if there is somebody who they really want to keep. Yeah, I mean, people uh, see a comment chat. Snappy has like one to two years left in him. Why are people still wanting him? It's actually funny that Falcons want him on the team. I think this is actually an interesting comment. Um, I think it's it would be it would be warranted if we were talking about like Kerrigan because I think the difference between Snappy and Kerrigan from a fragging perspective, for example, like you can see that there's a big there's a drop off, you know, there. Like in terms of Kerrigan, you could probably tell, okay, like maybe in a year he's just gonna move to coaching because he's not gonna match up in terms of fragging anymore, you know. Like there's a argument to be made that maybe that would be the better move for him now, you know. Like let's let's say get a different game leader into phase, getting into getting to coach, and that team just becomes better just through like better fragging power, you know, uh, but like, obviously I think Snappy has been among the better ones, especially for his age, you know, because he was averaging like 0 0.95, um, compared to some of these like, uh, uh, IGLs that have more like 0 0.80 ratings, you know, and that's like, you have to make up for that if you're, um, if you're a team. So like from that perspective, of course, like two years is still a long time, especially for a player like that, who has a lot of responsibilities at home, you know, he has a couple of kids, I think, and stuff like that. Um, and so you could probably think about that in a couple of years time, he would be moving to coaching as well, you know, but that's maybe two years, you know, like that we don't, we haven't seen that sign from Snappy so far. And he's been in the situation, you know, where, okay, he has a family and, and he's still been uh, able to put these rosters together and still be competitive and be a decent fragger at the same time. So I don't think there's a reason to be worried about it like this year, you know, maybe like in two years time, sure. Maybe you can. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think that's also the thing. Like, you can also have a player that fits the team now. It doesn't have to fit the team in three years. Like, not every player is a long-term signing. Um, you know, if you if you get the fucking Boros, you're not really having him for today to be the best player in the world. But you're thinking, like, maybe in two, three years, he can reach that level. And then some other players you have because they're really good now. So it's, it's a trade-off, essentially. There's also the thing of... I think like when you look at Snappy's age, like it, it, it can kind of seem a bit too simplistic in terms of how many years he's got left in the tank, I think, because it's kind of look at what he's capable of and what he's achieved. And and I know they've got Dallas and stuff, but I think this is like someone who will still be hungry for a good few years yet to try and get those bigger accolades. Cause I think he's good enough to, and I think that's the same thing with the Nico signing as well. Like, like I think I think there's still a hunger to Nico that kind of makes him more appealing to sign, right? Even though he's got all these maps played, like he's he's also like probably just over his peak in terms of like raw age by average. But I think because he hasn't got that major, like it's it's something like that that kind of makes older players still really appealing. I think these guys aren't, you know, they're not resting on their laurels. Like Snappy might be a similar age to Carrigan, but I think he's got he's got more to achieve left in terms of right. motivation and Carrigan's kind of kind of have to motivate himself whereas Snappy has very very clear goals to be yeah. able to be motivated I like that. for you. I like that angle, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, do you guys want to talk about the about phase, for example? Uh, there's a there's a guy spamming the same question. How come zero r- rumors around remaining phase players? Uh, because they have, to, they have to be sticking together in some way. Question mark. That is that is the the idea that I'm getting from talking behind the scenes that they're somehow going to stay. I mean, I know that there's been like people talking about like that. There's a likelihood for them to to split up or be sold as a unit somehow. Like I'm not 100% confident in this, so like I will preface it, preface this because there's still a lot of moving parts apparently behind the scenes. But somehow it appears that as if like both teams will be able to stay in some way. I don't know how that's going to happen because obviously if they stay under the same company, people will keep asking questions. It's going to be a problem for ESL for Blast. They're both uh, partnered. You know, it would be a very clear conflict of interest. You know, if those two teams were competing along, alongside each other. And they would be because they are both competitive enough. You know, it's not like they would be able be able to avoid each other. So I don't know if like complexity gets sold off as a brand somewhere or what happens with with what. But it's that's like the the vibe that I'm getting from talking behind the scenes, and that seems to be the vibe even from like the rumors around phase. Like all that I'm hearing is okay. They're looking for a replacement for Twists because Twists is on on his way to 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 Liquid, and so that's the only thing that they're worried about at the moment. Of course, there's still like the uh, the acquisition actually hasn't happened, you know, and so if that somehow falls through and through and and uh, maybe something goes wrong there, it doesn't happen, or in some way, you know, they will have to be uh, sold off or split up or whatever, then that changes, right? But for the moment, uh, their short-term plan is only to replace twists. Yeah, I mean, but isn't that insane if they could stay together and like I mean stay together? If the acquisition happens, which should come through at what it was like point? by the end of the year, yeah, yeah, some somewhere in the next month or two, and them staying together, they no way they can play the major, no way that's nope. gonna fall. No, Valve is not. Valve is probably not going to allow that again, unless there is some other way that they will they will fix the situation where they will uh, move them from the same ownership, right? But at the moment, there's no indication of that. I have no idea. Like really, again, like I I wanted to preface this saying I don't know how. I haven't heard an indication of how this will be solved, but in some way, I'm hearing from both camps that like there's like neither are are going anywhere, kind of. And I don't understand that. I don't know. Like at the moment, I don't I don't know enough to to understand it. Seems sus as fuck, but uh, you know that just uh, I just want to put it out there that whatever they do, if they don't sell one team to someone else, that is that is that's not okay. I don't see how that could be okay. Like I'm. No, Valve will not, definitely not allow that. Like, they will just not allow them to play yeah. in a major. Like, that's not happening. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, we don't know what ESL is going to rule on that. And that's like, that would be bad if they would say that that's okay. But I don't see how they could play a major. And therefore, I don't see why that would have, like, why would they have these two teams if they can't put one in the major where they can get insane sticker money? Like, that is the whole point of having a CS team. And like Mossad said before, which is it's interesting to get some insight from like a team perspective saying like yeah CS is one of the most profitable esports for team owners so it's um and that is because of the majors I mean it is just because of the majors yeah, yeah. nothing else so I don't see but, I don't see a reason for that do you think it's phases forms kind of throwing a wrench in the works though because if it is at the end of the year that's kind of when they have to make the decision right and it's I think did anyone really expect phase to be this could come into CS2. Like we we knew that there was going to spark motivation and stuff, but they're on like this un, unbeaten streak and everything. Yeah, and I think matches right a few 12, months. I think no. yeah, like yeah, twelve and I think. And then but like before Sydney, maybe you would think look at it and think, 
okay, scrap face for parts, keep this, you know, young, profitable team, complexity that gets the majors through NA, gets the sticker money and, you know, just tides over and then phase focus on the streaming apps aspect and then complexity could kind of be that NA brand still. Right. But now you kind of kind of got the best CS2 team in the world in your hands and you're, that kind of previous plan just doesn't, is maybe unpalatable to the, to the new owners in a way that it wouldn't have been two or three months ago, right? It's kind of crazy, you know, because I mean, in to some level, this was like we were talking about how, okay, Robs and Twists were like some of the people who have like put real, really good hours into CS2. And they were the ones talking about, okay, like, the, like Twist was the one talking about like motivation issues, knowing CS2 was around the corner, putting a lot of time into that, blah, blah, blah. Like we've seen those two like put so much effort in, but it's not like they've improved like dramatically in terms of individual stats. I think Twists, if anything, is probably worse than he was. Uh, maybe not like in terms of CS2, but more like recent times. I didn't. I didn't. It doesn't seem to me like Twists is like significantly better than he was, or that Robs is significantly better than he was. If anything, Rain is the one who's like pulling 1.15 rating like over the last whatever it is, uh, 10 maps that he that he that they played in in CS2, or even more actually, including Sydney. So that's that's like where the improvement is coming from, and like he's saying it's because the peak is an advantage and. Like there's still maybe not enough data for us to really support that, but it seems like something about the new game is just hitting, hitting home for them. And I'm not sure what that is exactly. They've, uh, they've always been this motivation team, right? Like I think I had faith in them for maybe a bit too long because every time you see them on stage, you see this different team. Yeah, right? And I think what's really impressive there, about yeah. them. Yeah. And in CS2, they're doing, they're showing that same level of kind of like the bullshit phase, but they're doing it in fun pick on loan online like it's this is something that the old phase probably would never have done and i think csc's really awoken them in that way but i th and but i really like the way rops has kind of changed his play style for cs2 it feels like especially ct side like they're doing way more pushes it feels like using rops as kind of the aggressor in a way that you probably don't think of when you think of rops like he's already was fairly aggressive ct but he's like he's really getting up there now and i think it's it's the rops brokey duo for me when i've watched them that have kind of been really like they're kind of it's weird because you think of them as the passive players but i think the way they're swinging into things now even if their opening kill attempts are still like they're not like gone up a crazy amount but it's it kind of suits the way that they're playing like they're really kind of optimizing the situation like we knew brokey yeah. would already because it's that combat orping that still works right it's not the the long line holding type style like even if he's not aggressive early round like he can still be aggressive in the mid round and late round with these peaks and it's really suiting him and i think they're yeah they're both i think rops is 1.24 on cs2 and then brokey's 1.25 so that's like a quite a big jump from where they were before like small maps and they've won every map so it's going to be that big but but if that's sustainable in a way that maybe phase didn't look sustainable on csgo at all um in that way i don't think just for the motivation reasons yeah I mean, it's curious, right? That I wonder how much of it is just like because of this mentality of like you can hear it from every player, you know. He's like, I, I just need to be the one swinging, you know. Like that's the, that's just like what you hear from everybody mm -hmm. who's talking about CS2 at the moment. And if you think about it, that is actually kind of the mentality that Faze have had for a long time. Where like Kerrigan has this philosophy of, and he's spoken about this publicly of like telling his players like if you feel something, just go for it, you know. And that's been to their detriment a lot, I think, in the past year when they were struggling, because at some points you could tell that if they just held their horses a bit, they would probably be more successful in certain occasions. You know, Brokey probably being the biggest example of that, whereas like he can be kind of like a, a 
a pretty serious overpeaker at times, and that just costs them stupid rounds. And kind of the whole mentality around the team, you can tell that that's like a result of that. And as much as it worked for them before when they were all in form and like everybody was hitting their shots, so when that goes away, you know, we saw this with G2, you know, when your form goes away and you play this sort of a style, they literally play the same way, you start dropping off. Your results were not just not going to be as good. You're not going to be able to to put up the same things because it just doesn't click together as, as, as much if, you know, that guy doesn't get the kill that just like cascades, you know, um, and he gets picked off with no trade, you know, and that happened a lot, I think, in phase. So I think that's just... I don't know, like, I still don't understand CS2, like, mechanics enough to be able to tell if this is just, like, people's, people have, like, fooled themselves into thinking, okay, this is how the game works, so it, it's how the game works, and we're just, like, going to see, like, a delayed response to that, where in a couple of months' time, people realize that it's actually not how the game works, it's just how the meta changed for now, but we can actually find a way to to combat this, and we can find a way to fight this so that, like, we can punish these overpeakers, you know, we can punish these swings now, in some way, you know, whatever it is, like people will figure it out in, in a couple months time. Mm -hmm. And you kind of also want to credit them because easy to look at it as the overpeak of the motivation angle, but they're also like being really innovative in the kind of oh, way yeah. they're literally playing with grenades as well. Like all those Sydney articles we did, those, it was phase coming up time and time again, like that fun to pick game. I think like you could see that they've really put four into the theory. Like there was this ancient round, like rain is the one throwing the, the ct smoke on a but from b and they were using that to condition vp or half it's like little things like that where like there's one thing finding a new grenade and then there's another one being able to use it and build halves around it and i think that's what carrigan is still very very good at is being able to condition opponents and the way cs2 skybox as well i think that's going to be even easier for him and i think that should be a fairly long-term advantage if they do manage to stick together because there's not many igls who can structure half like Carrigan can, at least in my book. I think let's uh let's be hypothetical a bit. What player would be a good replacement for Twist? Because from what I know, there's no there's no rumor, nothing really flying around specifically about uh, about a player, but what kind of player are we looking for? Um I think it's the kind of quite tough role that Twist frozen, has. Frozen, 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 frozen. Everyone's going to say frozen. Everyone's going to say frozen, but I actually I think... Mean, that didn't work out so well in phase because of the ROPS uh, clash, and they both like yeah, to do a lot mouse? of the same stuff uh, in mouse. Yeah, exactly. I mean, ROPS, I think... uh, ROPS uh, frozen was good at mouse, you know, but he wasn't the, the frozen that we know now. He was carrying, you know, all the time, and who's mega consistent. Like, he was just not in his proper role when Rops was in the team because Rops was getting all the space. Now we're frozen is getting all the space and you can see the fruits of that, you know, but if he makes the move, is he going to be able to do that? You know, I think it's this kind of fourth player that's really hard to find, but I actually just think like even before all the Falcon stuff happened, I think Magus would be one of those names, right? I think it's Magus. And then after that, like these kind of fourth players, like I'm trying to think now, there's not very many of them basically that are specialists in kind of twist roles which is kind of the fourth guy on t side that has to be a pack rifler when the pack are dead and then still lurking sometimes like these really versatile riflers like it's kind of the twist hunter type players like they're really really hard to replace and i think frozen even if he's at 90 percent of his mouse form is probably still one of the best options they can get and they just kind of have to accept that that you're gonna frozen won't be able to be the, the lurker like he is now but i think it's still because of the synergy with Carrigan and, and he, he's done it before, even if it's not at this peak, I think he'd still be a very, very good option for them. It's just kind of working out who's anchoring more on CT side, because do you really want Rops to be like your main anchor? Like Twist does rotate quite a lot, but having Rops on every map as an anchor, especially with how 
aggressive he is being on CS2 might be might be quite difficult because obviously Carrigan's going to anchor on every map, but then one of Frozen, Rops, Rain doing it is, you know, like Fro Frozen does it on some maps, but I don't think it's it's easy to fit Frozen in. I just think the firepower upgrade might be worth it to try and just do it anyway. Let me see. Frozen renews contract with Mouse. Uh, was this? It's quite a lot. It's all a while ago. Yeah. Start of 2022. Blah, blah, blah. Does it say? No, start of 2022. That was, no, never mind. It's okay. Never Does mind. it say for how long? I mean, has he signed in 2019, in March 2019. So let's say, you know, like in March next year, maybe it would, could, could be coming to an end, like theoretically. Yeah. Uh, that depends on how long he, again, like who knows how long he signed for, but. Um, this is the latest one, 2022. But I think, I think his contract is, uh, running out somewhere somewhere in the next half year okay that would be... that's early yeah so that would be for two years if he renewed that would fit because that's february 4th right yeah it would be would be good that would be i i think that would be a pretty solid uh, replacement and i kind of agree with uh with harry that's not it's not ideal but it could be good enough and like realistically it's not like every player has to play like their ideal role yeah in ideal role everywhere especially if you have a player like rops next to you so it's like yeah maybe i don't get a 1.30 rating but you know 1.15 is enough to for us to win um and then just just move with that i think that's pretty okay it's funny because like people before were saying like there was this when when there was that whole like oh rain's gonna retire thing going on um people are saying like frozen for rain and i felt that that was really not the move because he's not that aggressive but i feel like this kind of a role is like it's within his within his comfort zone enough for to get like a really good frozen and not not like waste someone's potential by putting him in something that's definitely not his style so i think that would be a pretty good one especially if his I, because my thinking is like can they actually get them get him uh, because not like Mouse are some team that's going to sell anyone at any time. Uh, like they've they've proven that more or less uh, in the past, even with Rops, like it, it took it quite a bit of time for him to get out of Mouse and go to phase. So I think, yeah, if his contract is going to run out soon, I think that's then the opportunity to just be like, phase can just plan it and be like, okay, when, when you're out, you just walk over to us. And I think that's good for this lineup that doesn't really have any buying power right now. Um, and then if they do decide to go to a new org, he can they can just like sync that up. I think that's pretty realistic overall. If you were frozen, would you would you rather be with FaZe or Mouse? Like long, long term, really. I, I think there's an argument to be made that maybe FaZe will be looking at people like Shui, Zershin, like these kinds of players, like should probably be on FaZe's bucket list because Carrigan and Rain, as much as they've started CS2 so well, like how many years will they have left where they're better than Shui and Zershin? Like I, I think for me, I don't know. Just, I don't know. It just depends on the org, the org future. And that, that's why I think like for today, it makes no sense for Frozen to be like, oh, I'm going to, to face. Like until their situation is sorted and they know what, what is going on, what kind of investment they'll be getting. And, you know, essentially, will they have money in six months if, you know, Rain wants to retire, if Kerrigan wants to retire, that they have someone to, to the power to buy someone out. So uh, it's kind of a thing in the air. I, I don't think we're going to have any conclusions on that until the end of the year, start of next year. Yeah. Um, what else? The Mezzi to Vitality, uh, that is pretty much confirmed uh, from everything that we know coming in from Magisk. Um, 
overrated, underrated, a good fit, bad fit. I've heard everything so far. Um, I'm leaning towards good, good fit. I think kind of a versatile player for a versatile player and a team player for a team player. So in that regard, I think it's it's good. I think I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be great. Obviously, he's not Magisk. He's no, no but not, nobody's Magisk, man. Nobody's not a major MVP. He's no not four time major winner. But he is pretty good. Like he's pretty good. I don't know how much they paid for him, but overall, I think this is a pretty good move for Vitality and kind of settles any any shakiness about the team with Xtas coming in and Messi coming in. I think they are like, yeah, there's pretty no sets, right? there's no problem with this team now. Yeah, I mean, you're preaching agree? to the preaching to the Brit bias choir here, but but yeah, I I think it's like Messi's one of those people in that profile that that is really hard to find, and I think yeah, the only thing that might be a bit lacking is like losing Magus and Zonic. Like think of how much they hype the team up. Like I know it's an intangible thing, but but I think it is real for the atmosphere. And now you kind of because Mezzi's a quiet guy, right? And Xtaz as well, like compared to Zonic. Like this is kind of a difference in energy, even if on paper in the server, like they're really, really good one for one replacements. I think the only thing it might be the energy out of game that when things are going wrong, Magus is often the guy that kind of fires vitality up. Like it's the kind of thing I didn't put much stock in and then when I actually go to events and I'm standing there for social media videos, like in front of the team and you see Megas doing it, you kind of start to put more stock in like little intangibles like that. But yeah, on the server, I think Mezzi has deserved a shot like this for a while, to be honest. Um, and I'm glad he's going to get it in a team like that, that, that should be very, very much up there. Yeah. I mean, he's been punching above his weight for long enough, you know, with, uh, even maybe not the cloud nine roster. I think that's kind of, that was doomed from the beginning, but uh, once he joined Fnatic, it was very clear that like he should be on a team that's competing at least you know for deep runs, and he hasn't been doing that for a long time. Um, so why are we not talking about EG set to be dropping their CS rosters, guys? Why are we not? Because talking who about the this? fuck who the fuck saw that coming, huh? <laughs> oh my god! Breaking news! Stop the presses! Uh, change everything! Delete the first half of the show. No one wants to hear about that. Let's just talk about EG. And this breaking news. Um, I mean, yeah, from what we know, there's there's been articles about it coming out. Nothing like confirmed about EGCS specifically, but overall they're like, yeah, they're cutting everything. They're everything is being cut down in EG. There's like five, six people from the management or whatever that I heard. So it's is GG for EG. And uh realistically, they have done fuck all, and it's just a matter of time before something like this happens. I don't know what the exact like why they decided now to do this and not six months ago or in the future, but whatever, no one, no one is surprised. It was very much, uh, I mean, if they were exploring options for their Valorant team that literally just won their major or whatever, then obviously things were not good in the, in the org, like well, not something's not working. If you're like only, I mean, not only, but super successful team is being like, ah, yeah, yeah, you guys just, uh, take a, take a salary cut that doesn't doesn't spell a good good news and then compare that to like what they have in cs then obviously it's just a matter of time there's just been a lot of layoffs at the organization in the past month or so even i think at the beginning of this month there was a bunch of more people that left and it just seems like i don't know it seems like the organization's pretty much about to die which is sad but yeah i, I mean it is a legacy one you know but that's uh what happens when you overspend and you don't actually do anything with that, right? Yeah. Well, uh, after the next thing, um, 
a team that actually is interesting and did something. Uh, nine, um, Minio benched. Actually, kind of surprising. Um, I don't know where this came from, or what the reason was. But I mean, they were basically they were pretty upfront about it. You know that they just wanted a different direction for the team. You know, something about his calling style, I guess, didn't suit or or, or just wasn't good enough to be. Um, to be punching further, you know, obviously they've, we've seen them peak a couple of times, but they never really did anything with that since then. Um, at all the big events they attended since, they've pretty much bombed out pretty quickly. So, I mean, makes sense, right? Like if you want to change something and if you want to keep being competitive, that's, you have to go somewhere, right? Yeah. yeah and they're like the, they're the mini heroic, right? So if heroic bench the ring and leader, got to do it as well. Like heroic bull <laughs> is clearly coming to an end. So it's just a kind of shame they didn't manage to get snacks free in time because i think that could have been fun i don't know if there's many other polishing game leaders like i think norot's been stepping in for them actually i don't know if he's going to play long term i assume not but i don't the thing i don't know much about to be honest but i think it's it's going to be quite hard to kind of just pluck an in-game leader out of nowhere like shui's not coming so i think it's, it's a kind of a team that kind of punched above its weight to be honest at the start of the year and i think they've kind of come back down to earth to kind of where their average probably was supposed to be and I think they're kind of seeing that as not good enough because they have performed earlier. I think it's one of those situations, to be honest. Yeah, see Heroic um, in chat. Why am I always catching strays? Um, fun, fun social media account overall. I saw when we announced like the Lewis and Stitch, uh, Lewis Mira, not Richard Lewis, joining HLTV. And we had kind of the lineup at the bottom. Um, and Heroic on Twitter just replied, cool lineup. I'm still two out of five. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was that was pretty funny. We could loan some people, like Striker 1.30 rating on HLTV. So if you need like a fragger, uh, maybe to replace Don, we can we can loan you Striker for like uh, a few tournaments. I don't know. Depends on the salary, man. <laughs> He's already hard, like playing hard. <laughs> like ah, I'm not joining just to play with like five, six-time major winner Dupree. You know, I need. Uh, I need to make bag. I'm hearing everyone's making bag. <laughs> this is the start tomorrow. Uh, Striker plays in another team. Um, yeah. Uh, other, other than that, we have the Boomich announcement that he's officially joined Cloud9. This, if this happened a month ago, yeah. it would be hype as fuck. <laughs> but first of all, there's all this Falcons news. Second of all, Shiro left the team. And now it's like, oh, yeah, but Boomich is here, guys. It's like, ah, okay, cool. Very interesting. You just lost like top three opper of the last two years. Um, and you got your old IGL back, which is nice, but you don't have an opper at all in this team. Yeah. Harry? Go for it. I mean, my article's aged terribly, but uh, it's just kind of not a really hard like everybody thought to that, talk about like... from the outside, right? Um, because I think it's it's that leadership group that seems quite hard to crack. The kind of like Nafferty's gone, but then Hobbit takes over his IGL that quickly. Like the kind of seems like they still wanted to play the same way. And I think Shiro was probably quite a big part of that. From everything that they seem to say, he was kind of part of that group as well. So him stepping down, like I don't know what could have him? caused that because he, he know, he's not an idiot. He'll know how much his buyout is. Like where could he go that's better than this team in the near future? Like. Unless he has been promised something from someone like Falcons, like I don't really get it at all. Because I think he probably, if I was him, I'd just try and stick it out. And if you're getting someone like Boomich as well, like that's another ring of leader that could change things. Like I don't really 
get why he'd remove himself from this situation to be I mean, honest. I, wonder like, I don't really see the just, logic. I wonder if it's just because, you know, he saw a lot of movement there, like around everybody, and he's just not seeing the future in this team anymore for for whatever reason, you know, but I'm guessing that that things in Codnan have been pretty shit for the past couple of months, considering how badly like how badly they took off with uh, with those two players, right? It's it's weird for sure because of the timing as well. But I mean, with all the movement that's happening, I'm not so surprised that it's coming now. Um, just because, you know, there's like, yeah, of course, if you can get yourself out of there and just get to a Falcons, maybe that's a better team, you know, eventually. But it is weird that like they get Boomich, but then it seems to me like they just got Boomich and then Shiro decided to leave. And they're like, now they're like in this weird limbo where they don't have an upper. By the way, has anybody actually said that Boomich is calling? No. I asked them about they, 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 it. Uh... I asked them about it, and they told me no comment. They told <laughs> me no comment about who's fucking leading the team. This is great. Why would we have to know that? Why is that relevant to anyone's knowledge? Why would, why would, the, why would the fans need to know that? Why would Cloud9's fans want to know who the IGL of the team is? It's like... I don't see any need for that. So, but he was he was in game leading at the end of one one, right? Like he took over from Nickelback. I'm not making that up. Was he yeah, he was he was leading. He was leading. Okay, so Towards yeah, it's, so it's like, a weird signing if he's not in game leading, isn't it? That's but, the thing. I mean, maybe I don't know. I I don't fucking know what it means that they didn't even want to tell me. Like the team doesn't want. Like it's not even that it's not figured out. They literally told me that the team doesn't want people to know like they don't want to comment on it that, that's the that's the deal it's not like there's like weird flux where everybody's leading or whatever no they literally they have it in game leader but they don't want to say who it is which is crazy to me i mean i was following like uh their cabs like during team timeouts and stuff like that but it's kind of like classic cloud nine like you see hobbit talking anyway a lot so it's kind of hard to tell whether he's actually leading or he just has some input or whatever like that i don't know man it's just that team is a shit show at the moment i don't understand it yeah, they're going to turn up to the next land and have like Axel sit in the middle. Just see Reddit go crazy. It's going to be something like that. Fun times. Uh, what's our, let me, I lost the, I lost the bar to change the topics. The next topic, major changes. And then we have Skinny and Air. Uh, actually, let's just touch on NRG, exploring CS comeback, right. uh, because I wanted to plug that into the EG talk, but I forgot. Um, I think this is just goes to show that a lot of times, there's too much fanfare or not or crying about like certain orgs or whatever because it's you know it just it's fluid when one org dies another one comes up it's like the circle of life you die you turn into you know energy for the vegetables that grow out of the out of the ground that someone eats those vegetables grows strong dies and continue Rinse and repeat. Decom decomposes for the new for the new vegetables. Exactly, exactly, and that's and I feel like in NA that happens all the time. It's like ah, oh, here is complexity, and then complexity went away in 2013, 2014. Then there is no complexity for like five, six years, and then oh, complexity is back, and then NRG comes in. They they sell out to EG, and now EG is dying. NRG is like, <laughs> this is our opportunity to come back. <laughs> And get like, oh, of course, none, the last of the, laugh. none of the players that are actually when they they sold the team from NRG to EG, uh, and I think that was like a big, big 
thing. But then they took all of that money and put it into the Overwatch League. So it's not like they made like any better. It was like three million. No, somebody said. Yeah. Even didn't they say that on record or something? I think it was. But also the Overwatch League was like ten plus, depending on who was buying at what point. So it's not like they profited overall. There's more like they just needed the money for it for that, I guess. Yeah. So then now they're like, oh, well, let's uh, now the EG guys are gone. So there's going to be some free players to pick up, and there's a chance. A bigger chance especially with liquid or oh, liquid's actually back on na but if liquid would be in europe then you're playing like the na qualifiers are mars there's pretty good chances to to qualify so that it's kind of as i said just a circle of life i don't know what they're picking up but it's it's continuation of things what do you think harry any chances of a, of a good team here uh, i mean it's if they're actually just going to pick up eg then i don't think it's going to be much different but there's a few people out there, like Energy of what with DAPS before, maybe build a team around DAPS or something. But I think we're kind of assuming the NA angle, and I think maybe they don't really have to do just NA. Like, I think in NA, there's probably, like, enough talent to maybe get two teams to majors. And if Liquid are going to be coming back to America's RMR, that's going to make it much more difficult for them to do that, I think. Um, it might even be easier to just go elsewhere and kind of have that kind of international-type team that everyone else seems to have, and that kind of the boring top 30 team that just about makes profit if it's in a few partner leagues or something. But but yeah, hopefully they do go the NA angle, I think, because having that org fill in the void of EG. But as a team, like I, I don't know if it's going to reach much higher than EG can as that kind of like 2.5 America's team. That's that kind of, there's that whole cluster of them, right? With nouns and people like that, that are never quite good enough to be able to go to Europe and compete just because of the way NA is structured right now. Like they're not going to get enough reps. They're not going to get enough new talent. And I think energy coming back, it's, it's got to be good for the space, but, but yeah, like I don't see too many options jumping out at them, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's like pieces, you know, that you can kind of pick up. Um, yeah. I mean, there's OC Fang breezy you know that type of like automatic whatever like some of this some of these names are flying around you know i think oc automatic maybe fang i think those are three pretty good pieces that's a that's a solid start. four yeah, yeah i would say that's so yeah uh is it gonna be i was gonna say like is it how much better is that than like the kind of tier two brazilian teams because that's that's the main thing like if energy are coming back they need to be able to believe that they can make it through the america's rmr and is that team going to be I mean, that's, be able that's to a team that could teams? be. Like, that's a team could that do, right? legit, legitimately could, yeah. Like, if OC is the, like, keeps going on this trajectory, and obviously he's going to be the guy they build around mostly, if that's the team, the sort of team that they're looking for. And it would make perfect sense, you know, if Daps and OC just go from Liquid to uh, to Energy and then just build around that. I think that's, like, yeah, why not? I don't see why not. Why it wouldn't be able to make a major, you know? At yeah. least, like, they would be in the com- competition for it, you know? And and you could you could imagine that they're probably not going to be very expensive, Considering Aussie's already benched on Liquid, or pretty much more or less, um, and then now the EG stuff is happening. Fang is benched. Is he still benched on Complexity? I think he's still contracted. Yeah. So like the buyers sure are basically non-existent. They want to get rid of him, right? Yeah. There's not going to be a big, uh, uh, big buyout. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Complexity would be happy to 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 sell him off for like a pretty low amount. But you know, like it's not an expensive team to run. They're not going to have the salary expectations that they had in 2019. So like Breezy's not going to be paid 40k, or Automatic's not going to be paid 40k probably. So that's that's the sort of um, that's the sort of expectation, I guess. Yeah. Uh, major changes. Let's uh, wrap this up and then do the skinnionaire, and then we can uh, kind of finish the show. Um, the major changes, interesting, not huge. Um, 
one part was changing. I would, argue, I would argue that that it's pretty huge, but maybe if the, only for the right audience. It's huge. okay. So yeah, I mean, there's three things. First is the naming change, which I think is horrendously awful, yeah. disgusting, one of the worst things ever. Like worse than the blocking in Spawn in CS2, where you just get stuck on your teammates. I think and it's legitimately worse than it was. It like is. it's literally more confusing than it was before. Yes. Yes, it is. Like, who cares that people call themselves legends when they made it to the new legend stage? But now they're like, you have an elimination stage that's in between two different elimination stages. Like, what is no, that? What is that? Call me J elimination or something. It's yeah, not, yeah. not quite the same. No. How can the second? How can? So it was like challenges. Opening, yeah, no, challenges, before. legends, uh, champions. Now it's opening, elimination, playoffs. Playoffs. I, I'm opening and playoffs. I'm absolutely okay with that. That is like that could legitimately <laughs> stay. The, the, the no. second one is the one that confuses me. It's, that yeah, is it's... that is just pretty bad. It's just, it's it's bad. It's bad. It's no one's gonna. I don't know what to use. I don't want to use this because it's confusing. So it's gonna be like, oh, this is they're playing their first elimination match, but they can lose it and not be eliminated because it's not the elimination match. It's just like the first match of the elimination stage. But doesn't that mean you're gonna be? No, it doesn't mean that you're eliminated. How how can I talk about this? How can I talk about this? And I'm also, praying... it's like like are you going into the second stage? It's like some some teams have already been eliminated before before they even yeah. played this, you know. So they're eliminated. No elimination stage for them. What? what how? How? How does this make sense? It's so. I awful. don't know what. I don't know uh, who came up with that. Really, especially I'm awful hoping... for broadcast talent. Uh, uh, insane. Yeah, what I'm hoping is that because this wasn't like some big announcement, right? This is kind of like snuck away in a GitHub somewhere. Like I'm hoping this is literally just a dev placeholder. Okay, we'll get rid of the old ones. We'll just placeholder and just put it in the notes and see if anyone notices. Because if the announcement comes out and it's still this, you, then you're really worrying because, yeah, that they're all elimination stages. Why is there just one of them called the elimination stage? Like it's just, it baffles It doesn't me. make sense. I mean, the bigger, but the bigger part of this and that that's the one that I was saying was huge was that the ranking was going to decide which eight teams of the 24 go to uh, the second stage, elimination stage. Fucking hell. That's going to take some time getting used to and even coming to terms with, to be honest. But, and the way that should work is, by the way, like the regions still retain like uh, their slots that they earned from the previous major. But like, so the top American team will be, uh, will be going through and then, what is it? Seven that must be seven from Europe, right? So there's nothing, nothing happened over the, in the Asian one that uh, um, that uh, somebody went through to the legend stage or something, um, or to the to the playoffs rather. So it should be one to America, seven to Europe. So the top seven teams that are going to be ranked after the RMRs from Europe will go to the second stage, and the first ranked team from Americas oh. after the RMRs. So not based on the Americas RMR results, they will play into the ranking, of course. But it's not going to be solely based on the qualifier that you will decide whether you skip the tournament or not, yeah. which I love for many reasons. First of them being that the fact that some of the, the, the spots were even decided in a really awkward way where literally like Buchholz, like seating basically decided whether you got a free legend stage or not get a free legend stage and then you and have to play for it. Or you even, and use it correctly because they used it like around the head, right? Like from the results from the previous round. So like from that perspective, I think just the qualification for separate stages that didn't make sense. I would have loved if that sort of format just changed entirely and we didn't have like teams starting ahead, but at least this makes more sense that teams who have um, results other than just the qualifier will play into the, the whether they will make it further into the stage, you know, because it's not just going to, it's not just going to be like one weird matchup happening in round two that will allow you to just get a 3-3-0, you know, because you get a 
best of one upset in the first couple of rounds, you know, like it's not going to be decided just based on something so, so simple like that, or even yeah. just like one matchup. So I, I like that, you know, the valve ranking is obviously very, uh, um, power ranking heavy, you know, it's, it's very recent. So the RMR is still probably going to make a big difference, but at least it's not going to be the only thing that it's going to be based on. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, I think it's something that we talked about um, on this podcast and said, like, this is, this just makes sense. This is just the way it should be. Like seeding should be based on the ranking and not on the results of one tournament, which is not even a tournament. It's a, it's a group stage. Like the RMR is a group stage. There's no def defining. It's not used to find the best play, the best team. It's used to find the half, best teams, the, yeah. the half best teams, right? Yeah. Half, half that are better than the other half. And we don't know who the number one team is. We just found out, okay, these guys went 3-0, these guys went 3-2. And that's why we have playoffs after the Swiss stage to find the best team. And uh, just because someone went 3-0 and maybe had an easier run doesn't mean they're the, the Legends team or... It just was never used properly. So this is a much better way of doing it. I do feel still that the Valve ranking has flaws and flaws mainly based on like this whole taking into account prize money uh, from tournaments, which I feel like is, is, I feel like it's dangerous. And my problem with it is like, especially with a lot of tournaments coming in and being like, oh, we are up. Uh, we are um betting site that has a team and we're running a tournament and putting our team into this tournament and putting like three hundred thousand dollars prize pool i feel like there's a lot of room there for fuckery of all sorts and uh we and i and i said this when the rules were announced and uh of course we got the bet boom dot dacha whatever tournament announced which is exactly that it's a tournament at the end of the year where they invited obviously Betboom CSGO team and they invited some other teams that are not that good. Like they're pretty good. And obviously the best teams are playing Blast uh, next week. So they probably wasn't weren't available. I'm not saying they purposely invited weak teams, but this is a pretty good opportunity for a team like Betboom to just like inflate their valve ranking by setting up a tournament for mm -hmm. themselves with a huge prize pool. I think there's there that tournament and tournaments like that should be on under a lot of scrutiny just to make sure that and i'm not sure even if that's possible to make sure that there's no weird shit going on but as a tournament organizer you have so many ways to making it better for your team like right. starting from the seating to like how do you figure out the groups maybe you can put a team in your group that is you know favorable for this maybe you can figure out the format uh, like veto systems how do you do the schedule are, are some teams playing like two games and like weird timings are you fucking up you know someone played the late late game then they play the early game and all of these things happen sometimes in like ESL tournaments and things seem to be unfair, but the problem is here, obviously there is a fucking team that is owned by the tournament organizer that there's just not tournament, maybe not tournament organizer, but whoever not is the brand. Paying. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So I, I feel very uncomfortable about that. I think that's not good. And obviously people can have the parallel to be like, oh, but there's ESL putting tournaments with ESL partner teams and they can favor them over others. And that is also true, but there is a lot more partner teams and then that it's it's not the same they will they will hold each other accountable that's the that's also the part of it you know that is different you know if you're a blast partner or if you're an ESL partner and you can see the tournament organizer is prioritizing one partner over the other you can you can bet your ass that you're gonna like the others will say something you know because yeah. they have they are much more ingrained in the 
in the conversations behind the scenes, obviously, and they will keep an eye on whatever, whatever they are being treated unfairly compared to other partners and blah, 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 all this stuff, you know. So there's a lot more accountability there between them. That's like, you don't have to be so afraid that, that something like this is going to happen. Mm. Yeah. And Valve is so anti-conflict of interest and everything else. Like, I, I think there's probably quite a potential that even though it's sponsorship and it's not directly, like it's, it's the title sponsor of the event and title sponsor of the team or whatever. But I still think if I was them, like you just want to play it safe. Like if there's any potential for fuckery, just like don't count the event. Just don't yeah. count the event because... Because it's just, it's just not worth the risk. Like, if there's even like a potential for conflict of interest, like it's already too big an issue to be deciding like a major spot or something. Yeah, mm. I mean, here's here's what they here's what Valve told me. That's like a little tidbit that I didn't necessarily know what to do with because it's like so vague that it's hard to make anything out of it. But what they said, you know, about the when I asked them about the conflict of interest that had to do with GameSquare and uh, acquiring complexity and phase, you know, they added this little thing that said the rule that is currently in majors uh, that has to do with the conflict of interest, they know that they have to uh, make sure that there are none, you know, before they compete as a major, otherwise they're not going to be able to. Um, that is going to extend to all ranked tournaments from 2025 when the new Val rules come in, you know, for uh, for fighting off, you know, these franchises and and to make the, 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 the ecosystem more open. And so I'm curious if that means that there's no way they will be able to to police, let's say, into some level or govern the lower tier. So does it just mean that ranked events will only include the top stuff? And so only the top stuff will be ranked? Mm, that's very interesting. Because th th this is there's no exactly... way, like just imagine, you know, like there's no way that they will be able to govern CCT online West exactly like a hundred CCTs down, in a year. Four. <laughs> yeah. So I think this it's is not they just mean large scale the large scale stuff. But then that's kind of, I see why you, you, they're kind of getting rid of the partner league system then, because at the moment, the whole reason they can't do that is because like all the biggest events are just the partner events. So it, that's kind of why that, that kind of approach is only possible once you take down the partner system, I think. So I think if they do that too soon and kind of remove all the smaller events, then how are the smaller teams going to be able to get the points? Like it's, no, it's not course. a level I mean, playing ground right now, right? That's, that's uh, again, that's that's from 2025. So it will only happen once all the blast, all the partner stuff is out. So I don't know like how much maybe the partner stuff will still affect like the, maybe the first major of the year, you know, because there's probably still going to be some results like over, but who knows, you know, maybe they'll just scrap the ranking altogether and they're just going to start from, from scratch. You know, I, it's hard to say at the moment. Uh, the, how uh, how that's going to work. But just wanted to throw this out there because I got this on record, you know, from Valve uh, Valve saying this, and it's curious what that means. It gives a little bit of an insight of what's coming in 2025, but it's like vague, too vague for me to really understand it properly at the mm -hmm. moment. That, this is like essentially why I wasn't really too happy about the whole Valve announcement about like, yeah, I'm I'm okay to some degree, the idea of like, okay, we move, move away from the partner system. But the problem that I see is like, that means Valve needs to be more hands-on than they've ever been. And they haven't, they don't really have a great track record of being hands-on. Um, they're everything that, that, that is great about Counter-Strike is mostly coming from the openness and then Valve stepping in when things go over overboard. And with this kind of a approach, first of all, they need like a very detailed set of rules. And like that, this is something that we had with when we had RMR, the old RMR system with all yep. of these like intricate ways of qualifying. Then 
it just complicates a lot of things because they then they add rule for transfers and then these transfers are really the the deadlines don't really make sense because they limit some teams in ways that aren't really they just don't make sense for cs not to go into details it's like there there are different issues and then it takes a year to fix that you know and um i'm i'm skeptical i'm just skeptical i think there's going to be a lot of problems when when this comes to to be the reality of cs and i think that you said about like how do they do this outside of the big 20 25 events in the year right because there is so much more cs than that and these tournaments also do matter especially because if they are going to feed into different invites then then it does matter if you win like a thunder pick or if you win four ccts that doesn't mean something right so i don't know um would be interesting maybe at some point valve wants to talk to us and they they do an interview and then it's not just pc maybe gamer. not pc gamer who didn't ask anything that we want to ask the worst questions in the world it's literally like oh five minute google of what is valve in counter-strike and then did an interview for fuck's sake uh banger bangers bangers everywhere thoughts no absolutely let's go yeah, to skin cool. there let's give away some skins we have a very interesting set of questions for you, Harry. Um, oh, good. How how prepared do you feel? Uh, well, I did okay on the last one. I did okay on the last one. But I think this time you're going to go so hard on me, like even harder than you went last time. Mm. Nah. Yeah, right. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. Trade it in chat for a chance to win skins. This is Skinionaire, who wants to be a Skinionaire by Traded.gg, one of our sponsors, lovely sponsors. Let's start with question number one. Do you have the link? Uh, no one sent it. Lucas sleeping. Let's maybe. See. I can kind of see it on the. There you go. Stream. You need to put it on because you get the music. It's like hype and all of that, you know? Okay, okay. It's like countdown in mass yeah. class or something. I okay. British TV, man. <laughs> Weirdos. Who wants to be a skinny nerd? Question number one. Before shortening his nickname to Nico, the Bosnian played as Nicoli, Nicolino, or Nicoco. It's got to be Nicolino, right? I, I remember that. You can press the thing. You can lock it in the answer. He locked in Nicolino. But you've upgraded the tech on this, Jesus. And the answer is... Yeah, let's go. I remember actually seeing watching Nicolino play for the first time. Uh, it was this uh, Serbian land in Serbia. Um, I don't know what name they played under at the time, but it was a classic like team of Janko, Kinger, Letni, Emi, some of these combinations. And they were playing against uh, the Bulgarians. And it was Nuke. And he had a Mag 7 on, on lower. And he just wrecked everyone. And I was like, this guy's pretty good. That was my first memory. And I miss that nickname. I think it's so much cooler. But let's yeah, go to question number two. Who of the following is the highest rated player in CS 1.6, according to the HLTV stats? Is it Nico, Nico, or Nico? <laughs> this is... I, I, I think I know, I think that, I know like this. 12-year-old like Nico, Nico at a local land, right? Maybe I'll need your help. But I, I'd guess Bosnia and Nico. I mean, the, the one with the C the was... from YNK. The one with the C was a source player, as far as I know, so I don't think the hat that he would have been in, yeah, in 1.6 right? stats. Yeah, yeah. The Swedish one was not... Like, he was good, but he was not, like, 
top one stats and he played too much to be like top one stats like the, he was he was very uh he was playing a lot of tournaments at some point you know from like 2010 or something so i think it's obvious yeah yeah and you're lucky it's like five maps at a local lan let's go and the correct answer is Boston and Nico, let's go. I think he had quite a few maps though, um, because there's a lot of like lands that were covered and just a lot of Serbian lands in general on regional lands at the time. And like obviously for Peter, it was easy to just go and attend them and then uh, we covered them. There's also like that Adepto land that was in Bosnia that yeah. had like Fnatic and some of these like actually decent teams. And there's I mean, pictures. that's what, where Nico basically made his name, right? Yeah, it was just like 13 or something. Yeah, pretty, pretty good, good vibes. Question number three. Currently, who is the second highest rated player in CS2? CS2? You locked Lux. in Nico does. There's also Nico, Lux. the Danish Nico, and there's the Bosnian Nico. You locked I'm pretty in Nico sure does. on this one. I the did open the page is... like an hour ago. So if this is wrong, I'm really not going not gonna to be doing well. Correct answer is? That is correct. There's actually like four oppers in the top eight, I think right now so like all oh, of the in your face in your face everybody who said off was dead <laughs> all of the op haters yeah. well, it's, it's, you know what it is it's the best the best drivers get the best cars it's not even about the gun they're just the best players there you go there you go okay now some of the Christian... best players just decide to take the best gun so like simple number four yeah nico the danish one is currently playing for zero zero nation pre or g2 it's G2, isn't it? <laughs> it might be great zero, 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 zero Nation. It is. Yeah, these like like multiple names are actually ridiculously annoying because I've got these spreadsheets and then it's like Nico, 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 Nico. And it just like sometimes the Bosnian Nico will just have like 0.8 rating and I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> I have to like individually change, like use like IDs and stuff. It's like, can everyone just have a different name? Like it's not that hard. Like just a Valve database, just have a different name. Please. Nico is taken. Let's try a new name. Okay, question number five. In 2012, which player in a Fragbind interview missed CSGO and vowed not to play it by saying it sucks more than Pamela Anderson? Nico, Nico the Swedish one, or Nico the Danish offer? I didn't actually, I'm pretty sure this question wasn't in originally. <laughs> and it was edited in later so i was i'm shocked to see this it's a full process fragbite swedish site but it's question five so you're trying to trick me so maybe danish one i don't know i don't know the swedish one's the obvious one i mean but i I'm think just, it is I'm going swedish, reverse i don't know just, I know just go go i, I know have no idea. it's the danish one if i've got i didn't, I didn't make the question one. i didn't make the question i didn't make the question okay if you i don't swedish know the answer one. Okay. I would have gone Swedish. I think okay. I think I remember this. It feels like and the high probability guess, but it also yeah, feels it like is. I'm being it is, man. Yeah, so. I remember this. I remember the, it. Yeah. The correct answer is there. You go. Yeah, survived. Survived Aced all it. the Nico questions. Aced it. So <laughs> obviously, congratulations for winning. Um, you obviously got the gist of the theme of the of the questions today. How did you how did you rate it? Uh, Nico out of Nico, probably. I'd say. Okay. Which Nico out of which Nico? 
Detunia has won the giveaway. So uh, just check that your whispers are open and uh, you're going to be reached out uh, to by our people about getting the voucher for the for the skin. Um, I think that's how it works on Traded GG. So yeah, thank you for that. That was amazing. Any closing thoughts, words that we want to put out before we uh, end the show? Riker mm -hmm. is uh, already working on something I was, else. No, I'm kind of, but yeah. yeah. I have that. I know that happens to me. It happens to me on a call. Sometimes I'm like, I'm talking to my girlfriend. And I'm like, ah, oh, what about this thing that I, and then a message pops up and I'm like, well, my, my concentration is done. I can't, no, just, my brain yeah. is already working now. So it's, there's no point on continuing here. The worst part is like, I have to go to sleep as soon as possible because I'm waking up for CAC, which is going to be rough. Oh, yeah. We've got really a shift for you too now as well. Yeah, but oh. you can, you can, you can, you can get up a little bit later. It's okay. We didn't talk about that at all, but I think just to wrap it up very shortly, I think the media stuff that came out, hilarious banger content, uh, just oh, yeah. talking device in F01, not a samurai, but whatever it is, kind old of, school yeah. dynasty yeah, warrior, uh, different style. place, but close. Amazing. Um, love that. Uh, biggest teams and Astralis. Mao's phase. Then we have uh, three Chinese slash Asian teams, and we have NIP with Maxter still playing. So they're not really a contender here. Uh, not too excited about them. But like Mao's phase ends with a stand-in as well, yeah. and Astralis. Um, I think it's definitely a great opportunity for Phase to continue the winning streak. Mao's to kind of show what they have in, in CS2 a bit more. Astralis as well. To I think for Astralis. It's going to be like a lot of fighting for for the teams, kind of players fighting for their spot, uh, which could end up great or awful. Um, and overall, yeah, pretty pretty excited about this. Anything you guys want to add? Yeah, I think it, the one thing you didn't mention is the kind of local teams, because I think so many of the European teams are over the teams, like roster rumors hanging over them, like even the ones that are looking good right now still have something hanging over them. Like it might be a good chance for some local teams to bring some new CS2 tricks and kind of upset, I think. That, that would be what I kind of want from this type of tournament because all of the European teams have something. Like even Mao's, like if if we are talking about Frozen, oh God, what's this tweet? Um, yeah, so I, I think I, I'm excited for some of the local teams to try and show something new in the new game, basically. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, yeah, it's time for, for an Asian team to go somewhere far, right? There has well, to be even like one of them, like one of them will be in the, playoffs at least because I mean, three not, teams make it through to the playoffs i mean it's not that far just to go you know from asia to china it's pretty close actually uh question from, from the chat prof do you listen to korean music by twice the answer is yes i've actually seen them live um on their first european concert ever in london this year and it was insane it was so fucking good it's one of the best things that ever happened in my life um no other questions uh no we will not be taking any other questions at this point we'll be uh closing down the show um once again thanks to our sponsors 22 bet uh gamble responsibly steel series uh amazing uh headsets um been playing a bit more cs recently and then just the ability to go and take a piss while on team speak and telling everyone on team speak that you're taking a piss right now so good so good and everyone's like oh what are the what what are you using and uh i'm i'm shilling this so hard to everyone and uh of course traded gg thanks for the great great skins um good night hope you enjoyed the show and uh see you again next week
best esports odds. VIP program and a variety of bonuses. Fast and easy withdrawals. Bet on every possible CSGO matching tournament. As well as any other esports game. Only on 22Bet. Are you tired of your boring old skins and looking for beautiful new ones? Trade.gg is your place to go for easy and secure trades within seconds. Simply pick and choose whatever item you want to trade from Trade.it's huge inventory. Verify the trade on Steam and you're ready. With the lowest fees in the market and a beautiful, easy to use UI, Trade.it also offers you the option to instantly sell your items for cash. We accept a wide variety of payment methods. Trade.gg is the go-to place whenever you want to try out fancy new skins. Start trading today at Trade.it.gg.